welcome to BlazePod. My name is Ben. Uh, joining me on the line to talk about season awards from the 2019-20 season, it's that man, Andrew, once again. How are you, mate? Yeah, looking forward to this, actually. I'm very good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I will say we're recording this on Friday. It probably won't be published till Saturday at the earliest, but I do want to mention it's Friday because it's very hot today, um, and I'm going to attempt to record this uh, in a room with the windows shut. <laughs> so so we'll see how it goes. If I if I nod off after half an hour or so, you might have to just <laughs> shout loudly to let me know, I suppose. But no, other than uh, other than trying to stay cool today, I'm uh, I'm absolutely fine and dandy, mate. And uh, yeah, looking forward to this. I think it's I think this is a good uh, a good way to look back on the season in in a lot of detail. And also, actually, with it being on Friday, uh, United haven't done their uh, they haven't announced their own Player of the Season award yet, have they? So we're gonna mm. at least. Uh, well, so that's tonight, isn't it? So by the time you've heard this, it might, they might have announced it. But yeah, I think it's tonight. Exactly. We're going in. Uh, we're going in un uncoloured by whatever mm. the decision is tonight. So we'll we'll get to that. That's one of the uh, many awards we're going to give out on this show. Um, on this show, that's weird. On this show. on this episode, that's better. Um, Any news on the awards? By the way, talking of awards, are the uh, on the podcast awards. Oh no! I think is that November or something like that. The uh, I don't know. It's got I, I, yeah. FSA awards. No, no, I've not heard anything anyway. So no news is probably <laughs> not good news in this case. Um, I think before before we get into it, serious, just a serious point um, with regards to the pandemic. Of course, I mean obviously uh, this has been a a season with um, you know a lot of human cost off the pitch, and that is. Obviously, obviously, still ongoing at the moment. So I, I would just say, uh, you know, when we're talking about worst moments of the season and things like that, you kind of take it with a pinch of salt. I don't want it to sound too tone deaf because obviously there are much bigger things than football going on. But we will yeah. just be talking rather flippantly about the stuff that's happened on the pitch. So yeah, I just wanted to uh, chuck that one in there just so people don't think we're being completely uh, tone deaf about it all. And. Obviously, hope everyone out there is uh, staying safe and healthy. Um, right, are you ready? I'm ready to roll. Excellent stuff. Oh, and I, yeah, I will say also at the end of this, we will revisit our preseason predictions uh, from last summer and uh, <laughs> see yeah. how many we got right. It wasn't that many. Um, <laughs> I think I think probably the obvious place to start is uh, where we've already mentioned it. That is player of the season for the Blades. Um, I, mean, we'll get, I think with all of these, we'll probably talk around them a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, as well as as well as who's won it, who was kind of in consideration, I suppose. And I think I've I've probably overthought the player of the season thing, but I, I, this is who I've voted for with United's vote. Mm. Uh, and obviously, I'm I'm not aware of who you have voted for. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's the same person you're about to say. Um, yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, exactly the same. Same as the goal as well. I've gone for in the official vote, and I've gone for it in this as well. Very good. Um, do you want to? Do you want to lead this one off? Yeah, I, I, for me, it was between three people. Uh, I thought Jack O'Connell is just Mister Consistent every season now, and like three seasons running, I don't think he's had a bad game. I really can't think of a bad game he's had, and this just carried on. And I think at the beginning of the season, it was, it was probably the one player that I expected to to step up more than the rest, and, it, and and that's happened. The reason I've not picked him is purely because I don't think he's been a standout, if that, if that makes a sense, as maybe these two other people in certain games. Another one is Fleck, who I was non, was considering. Pre-lockdown, I think he was a shoe-in. Post-lockdown with the injuries and the way, way he came back, 
I just think my actual winner was better, and my actual winner of this award is Sir Chris Basham. Sir Chris Basham. That is also who I have gone for, and you, you've, you've laid out very similar logic to my thought process there as well. Do you want to say a few words about Bash? Well, I mean, obviously, if we realistically, if we were looking at that first 11 last year and we had to pick three people we think might not step up, I think every United fan would have had Basham in their worries. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think every yeah, I think everyone. We've I feel like we've always said this about Basham for like the last two or three seasons of like he's yeah. he's the one like oh maybe that's the area that we just we might need to improve on like might not be able to take the next step up. Yeah, but... I remember when we came up from League One the Championship and he was straight away people were saying right we need to replace Basham you know and look at him now player of the season in our first Premiership season back where we finished top ten. And that's not just us either, we should say. I mean, I mentioned on the last one, the Guardian had him in their six players of the season. Yeah. and Alan Shearer's team of the season as well. Exactly that, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's nationwide recognition. I mean, yeah, the way I sort of talked to myself through this was I, I think you can your player of the season could fall into like a few different definitions, I suppose. So I think you have you know the player who's been most important to us or objectively the best, and I think that's where... <laughs> I think that's where Fleck and O'Connell come in. I, I guess yeah. with O'Connell, he's like he almost he almost sort of suffers in terms of recognition because he's so good. And I think yeah, exactly that. This is what I'm trying to get across in that he's so consistent that he, he never seems to have a standout game because he's just constantly good. Yeah, and you, and you almost you expect him to be good now, like yeah, because he is good. We know he's good. We see it, yeah. like, as you say, we've seen it constantly for the last three or four years. Um, and then I think you can have you could have the player who's kind of outperformed expectations, which is where someone like McGoldrick comes in. Uh, yeah. Lundstrom, obviously. I mean, Aldock as well, yeah. Yeah, Lundstrom obviously will be a serious nomination for this, but you know, just as an example of that. And yeah, then I, yeah. I think you know, and then I think with the player this season, you could have like just emotionally, who is, who is your favourite? Like, who's kind of given you the best moments and you know, mm. really, really lit up a game on a you know outside of actually scoring goals and winning it. And yeah, I, I think one that fits all three of those definitions is Chris Basham. I think he's yeah, yeah. massively important to the way we play. Uh, he's absolutely outperformed expectations, as you said. And yeah, I would say he is, out of the out of the whole team, he is my favourite player. He is, you know, there's been some standout moments, which we'll definitely mention later on in this podcast, where I just think like, not only is the thing you did really good, but I have this like extra layer of enjoyment because it was you that did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, this is the thing. I, I did see someone on, I can't remember, it might have been Twitter or S2, saying if Basham wins the, the official Player of the Season award, he's probably done more on sentiment uh, sentiment than, than anything else. I disagree. I think he deserves, I think the, there's definitely something there with that. He's, like, he's almost like one of our own now, isn't he? Yeah. Because he's been here that long and, and, and the journey he's been on with the poor start he had and whatever. But... I think he has been the best player. I really, really do. I think Fleck, before, if you'd have asked me this after the Norwich game, the home one against Norwich, I'd have said Fleck. Mm. And he's unlucky for him that he's come back, obviously not fit, and he's not been fit since he's come back, as you really. Yeah. Um, it, it was quite obvious that the, those first couple of games, he were quite clearly carrying an injury, because obviously he never played after that, really. Um, so I'd have gone for him, but I just think if you're doing it post-lockdown and pre-lockdown, I don't think Basham's changed. I think he had one bad game, probably, which were against uh, the last game uh, against Southampton, where he's probably just run his course, if you know what I mean, just knackered. Uh, you look at the game against Everton, where we're a poor game from our point of view. He was our main attacking threat. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it, just in both, all right, he's not scored. And I don't, I'm not sure I ain't got his assists up or anything like that, but just as a threat. I mean, that little back heel and stuff that he did against Filler and things like that, that they're not just like little trick shots. Like, oh, look at that, that were quite good. They're, they're setting goals up. 
Yeah. He, he is genuinely creating goals with his runs and, he, and, he, and his uh, technique on the ball and everything like that. And that's not even we're not even talked about his defensive side yet. No, indeed. Um, I mean, you mentioned Fleck and that sort of post-lockdown thing. Um, is there, do you think there's anyone else who's kind of played themselves out of contention in the last couple of months? I think Stevens would yeah. have been in the... I, I don't think I'd have given it him, but I think he might have been top three or four. He's been really poor, I think, since lockdown, in fairness. I think yeah. I think people have lost the form slightly, for instance. I think Egan's not been... He's been fantastic in certain games, but he's had a couple of games where he's not been quite good. I think, uh, for instance, um, uh, Billy Sharp, I don't think, came back anywhere near as well as he were playing pre-lockdown. Mm. I think Stevens just fell off a cliff, to be completely honest. I think that I think that's understandable that players aren't going to come back and be exactly as, as amazing as they were before lockdown. But I think Stevens' drop was really dramatic, actually. Yeah, I, I, well, let, let himself down is a bit... A bit melodramatic, I think, but mm. it's just you know, there, yeah, there's been games uh, since we resumed where it's like, what you're doing, I, like, and I know mm. you, I know you can control a ball and pass it five yards, you know. So, yeah, yeah I think he was, and, and I don't. This is what kind of why I raised it because I don't want to, um, I don't want that to sort of overcolor how great he was for the first two thirds of the season. Because yeah, I, I think I would have him in that top three. I would have gone uh, Basham, Fleck, and Stevens in some order. Yeah. Like, up to that Norwich game, absolutely tremendous. Obviously chipped in with uh, actually did he, just one goal. I can't remember. No, it's got two. Just one goal, but yeah, it's against uh, Norwich as well as. Of uh, course, yeah, and, Norwich uh, and Brighton, yeah, of course. Plenty yeah. of assists and just looked amazing defensively and in attack. So yeah, I think from the off as well, Stevens looked the part. I think, mm-hmm. for instance, it took like a couple of games to get into it. I don't think O'Connell were quite as dominant as he as he ended up being. Same with Egan as well in those first two or three matches against. I'm talking like. Uh, Bournemouth away, Palace at home, and Southampton and places like that. I think Stevens all the way through. Chelsea away were fantastic. You know, it, all the way through that first period, he was probably the standout player. Yeah, and you know, I see uh, serious football journalists and analysts saying, you know, he's, he's probably the best left back after Andy Robertson in the whole mm. Premier League. Like that was a genuine debate pre-lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, but obviously post-lockdown, his form just gone and. You know, I'm not. I'm not worried about it or anything like that. I, I've seen some people say he's peaked, and that could be the case. I'm, you know, who knows? But I think he's shown us enough earlier in the season. I don't think you lose that much, that much quality that quick. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll be, I'll be amazed if he plays like this, like all of next season. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah, hopefully find somewhere, somewhere in the middle at the very least. Um, so there we go. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Uh, I'm slightly surprised we agreed on that one, actually, Chris Basham. I, I didn't was... think you'd go Basham, actually. <laughs> it took me, it, yeah, it took me ages to like actually decide on who I thought it was, but I'm uh, I'm happy with my reasoning. Um, I'd love to have done this. Actually. We should have done the um, sort of odds what we'd have got on Basham being the uh, player of the season, actually. Yeah. So I think it would feel outside shout. Yeah, I think you're well because presumably we would have thought that there was a good chance he'll be. Uh, if not replaced, then have some competition within the squad. And that's, mm. yeah, I guess that's still the uh, the ongoing problem is that he's not going to be playing forever. And eventually we are going to have to find someone who can do what yeah. he does. Otherwise yeah. we'll um, be, a, be a weaker team for sure. Um, let's do the other one that can be voted on by fans. And that is goal of the season. Um, I've got, uh, yeah, I had a couple that, were quite close. This was this was quite a hard one to choose because we don't. I don't feel like we scored many spectacular goals all season. No. So then it kind of comes down to um, 
you know, uh, do you do you love a team goal? Basically, like, do you yeah. love a team goal if it ends with a tap in in the six yard box? And obviously, that's generally our, our, our mode of playing. Yeah, anyway. I would have to say that I don't think this is anything to do with just being in the Premier League that we haven't scored many spectacular goals. If you look at last season, there weren't many, were they? That I'm thinking Norwoods against Brentford, and I can't really think of any others than that. Mm, no, yeah, we don't we don't shoot from long range at all, do no. we? Um, but yeah, one my uh, vote for this is a a long range goal in in essence, and it's Moussa against Manchester United at home. My second place, that one. Okay, let me uh, let me describe this one then. So, shortly into the second half against Man United, we're obviously winning one nil at half time. Uh, Fleck plays a fantastic through ball to Moussa. Uh, McGoldrick makes a great run to pull the defender out of the way. Moussa is running towards their box and then just from 20 yards just passes it past De Gea into the bottom corner. And it was, I just remember it being like a, a stunning moment, if you like, because I feel like it was quite early in the second half. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just the, the speed with which we broke. I mean, you know, we won the ball in our half. Fleck just basically has a couple of touches just to kind of carry it forward. Sees Moussa making the run, sees McGoldrick making the dummy run. And then, yeah, through to Moussa. And this was during that period where, uh, well, literally every time he hit the target, we scored. I think he, I think it was his yeah. first first five shots on target were goals or something like that. Yeah. And this was another one. Just, yeah, I think given the given the opponent, the quality of the goalkeeper, and just how sort of surprising it was as well, yeah. Just, just yeah, so, took my... it so early, didn't they? So yeah. early. So that's, uh, that's my nominee. How about you? I went for Stevens against Brighton. Um, just, I just think it would... It can only have gone in that one place and gone in that yeah. goal. It sort of I, I was sat on the upper tee for this game actually, and um, I thought it had gone wide. I didn't. I didn't jump up. It was just. <laughs> it was just perfect, perfectly, and no goalkeeper stopping it. Excellent technique, and he, and I just thought I just loved the. It sort of. I mean, I think even at that stage, people were sort of seeing it as a bit of a. Oh, they work hard, but there's not much talent there. There's not much technique there, and I just think that shows the quality that we we do have. These players do have. I think we're a really really classic goaler. It's a cliche, and I don't like people saying it normally, but another player scores it, you're still seeing it today. Do you know what I mean? So I've got that's what I went for. Yeah, that, I had that on my shortlist as well. Um, yeah, I guess it was that was kind of shocking as well. Of like, I think everyone sort of goes shoot, hit it as soon as it drops him, but then yeah. the purity of the strike, just smashing it into the roof of the net from like on the angle as well. Um, yeah, that was that was indeed a, a fantastic goal. I mean, yeah, that's probably. I guess that's probably like the best sort of pure strike, I think. Best individual goal possibly. Yeah, I'd say so. I can't think of I can't think of many others. I mean, it like McBurney away at Brighton. I mean, you know, what that Yeah, was that not... yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like actually I did really like Billy Sharp's header against Norwich actually just as a, 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 a I love diving bullet headers and that, yeah. I thought that was a really good one. But yeah, this is mine, Stevens. It's a good one. I also like um Lundstrom's second against Burnley. So mm, uh, yeah. there's a one-two between, I think it's Stevens and McGoldrick. And then Stevens is like, yeah. he's really far out, but he just plays that ball like across their defence. And then, yeah, Lundstrom slides into finish. And it's just, I remember at the time we talked about it, it's like, that's direct football. You know, we had the ball yeah. in our half and five seconds later, it's in your goal through through like three really good passes. So Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, that was on there for me. How about you? Any others? Yeah, there's a few actually. I thought um, I was going to say uh, McBurney's against West Ham was not one of them, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, George Baldock's against Norwich. Do you know when mm. he turns? 
the reason uh, the reason I, I won't pick this in my top two or three is because I think Krull could possibly have done better with the actual shot. He, yeah. he did well by taking it early, but the, the you know the technique to move into that position uh, in in the first instance, I thought were that really good play. And I think again by taking it early, and I like uh, Moussa's against Everton just purely because of that pass by Lundstrom. Yeah, great pass, great what finish. Pass that was like an unbelievably weighted pass and. Yeah, I thought that were a really, really good goal as well. But like you say, normally our goals are from big moves. You could also have ball-ups against uh, Spurs as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, wait, wait, The finish itself is not spectacular. It's probably a cross, but was it 28-pass move? Something like that, yeah. And it was properly... Yeah. It was really like... A, it wasn't just passing it around the back three, was it? It was like no. really probing football. McGoldrick dropping into midfield and... Yeah, yeah, that was the uh, reason that doesn't get in for me is just purely because of the finish. I think if Basham heads that in, that's yes. possibly my, my favourite goal. Um, and another one that I'd like to pick out, uh, just to mention, should I say, is Flex against Villa. Do you know where McGoldrick does that little flick across? Yeah, back back. That's a beautiful move. That nor would be a brilliant ball. And then I think, I think it is Fleck who passes it to McGoldrick. I, I think, think it is, yeah. Yeah, and then and he gets back in. That's a really good goal as well. It is yeah the only home game I missed this season because uh, I was. Attending birth of child. I, I missed that one through illness, which uh, who, who knows what that could have been at that particular period. Now knowing what we know now, but yeah, a really bad virus at that stage. So I missed that, um, and I, I only saw it like that night on match of the day. I was like, oh, I wish I were there, but I was just like feeling sorry for myself in bed. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, mean, I watched the highlights at like four a.m. sat in a chair in the in the hospital. You said didn't you, when your daughter born. The minute that goal went in, I like this myth. Is that, the be... fir- that was the second goal, that one, right? The yeah, was it the first one? The first one, yeah, was uh, what we scored like a couple of minutes into the second half. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. I should just clarify for anyone who's not aware. I found this out much later. I wasn't just uh, <laughs> you know, sat there Keep streaming. Keep it until we score. <laughs> <laughs> sat there streaming on my phone while, uh, while she was being born. Like yeah, um, good shout. Okay, uh, what about signing of the season? I think this is an obvious one. I think it's got to be Henderson. Yeah, I, I put this as a bit of a cheat answer, this one, I think. I, I yeah. Guess, I guess you're right. Go ahead. I think it's got to be Henderson. He has been the best. But I think, realistically, it's between three players for me. Uh, Henderson, McBurney and Moussa. Mm-hmm. I think Moussa, purely for that two-month period, where I think that that is when we got all the plaudits, and I think you were a huge part of that. And I still don't think we've replace that if you know what I mean because obviously he went off the boil and I think we look a far better when he were on fire like that he, he undoubtedly I think I don't, I don't think I'm being disrespectful by saying at that particular moment he was our best player I don't yeah. know if you agree with that I think so. uh, certainly uh, yeah certainly in the top three at that point yeah yeah I, I just thought he, he made it mad. and then obviously McBurney started off slow I think even up to Christmas people were thinking oh, is this what's this guy all about and then I think Particularly post lockdown, actually, the games against Chelsea and, and, and Spurs in particular, mm. excellent, weren't they? In, in yeah. those, and he seems to be getting better and better. And I think as a long term signing, that that's the best signing. But I just think Henderson is has been the best player out of the new signings. I don't know he's not a new signing, but I think if we hadn't have got him back, we and I don't know, let's say we'd have been relying on Simon Moore, for instance. I don't think we get as many points. Yeah, definitely not. And uh, yeah, Henderson. <laughs> Obviously, he's got uh, all the clean sheets, but all the sort of uh, advanced metrics on goalkeeping as well. They have him as mm-hmm. one of the best, uh, the most valuable in terms of um, keeping the ball out the net anyway, um, compared to league average. So, yeah, it's, uh, it certainly is a value for money signing for sure. I, I'm going to make the case for Moussa because yeah. I, I just felt like Henderson one was too obvious. I think 
you know, Musa's goals, like he he had, he won his points, didn't he, with some of his goals? I think like the you know the winner at Arsenal, the uh, equaliser at West Ham. Uh, all right, we won two 0 at Everton, that kind of thing. But and I just think. I just think he gave us something else that no one has um, for years, actually, you know, in terms of that ridiculous pace and, you know, taking it really early, like I said, with his finishing and stuff. And, you know, we only paid 10 million for him. And that was that was the like upper limit of what the transfer would be, wasn't it? That was like it was the 10 million with add ons included, I believe. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I know he's I know he's uh, not been as effective in the second half of the season. But still, six goals and four assists in in just over twelve hundred minutes of football. That's, yeah, that's quite a decent return for ten million in the Premier League. I think. Oh, we've got his money worth just from this season. I really do believe that. I think he gave us that that little spell he had. He gave us the confidence to think, even if he if he went off the boil after that. I think the, his impact in that little period where we actually looked like one of the best sides in the league. And I, th- I don't think that's a a biased thing saying that. I think for those two months we did look like one of the best sides in the league. He was a huge part of that, uh, and he was a huge part of all the the acclaim that we got, and and giving us the confidence to build on it. Yeah, he, he just he was just unplayable at times, and if we can get anything close to that next season, then that's going to be really really good for us. But well, this yeah. is the thing. This is the Four Blades podcast. Actually, so just before we did this, and um, they were talking about Musa about next season and stuff like that. And there was a good point one of them made where they said that. We're all on about a new striker and stuff, and we should get rid of Musa. Well, he's here. Musa is here. Do you know what yeah, I mean? We've yeah. paid for him. If we can get that again from him, even if it's just for two months again, is that worth it? I think it probably is. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I haven't listened to that yet, actually, because I don't want to uh, distort what I'm going to say here in case they covered anything similar. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a cost we've already we've already spent. And yeah, as you say, if we just if I get six goals, four assists out of him next season, and, and he's your third or fourth choice striker. That's a good return. I mean, he was our joint top scorer in 1,200 minutes, as I said, and yeah, a lot of that was kind of missing from the second half of the season. So I think that's a good signing. With McBurney, that's probably... I think McBurney, we got... Uh, what's the best way to say this? It, we got what we paid for, if you like. I think th- that return is about what I would have expected for 20 million, yeah. I think. It's, I mean, well, obviously, this is what, what I Sorry, a lot of our fans like to say we've paid twenty million for McBurney and he's only done this and he's only done that. It's not a lot of money in this in this day and age. But I think I don't always get the feel that some of the fans are like back in the in the Warnock era when we first went up and twenty million were were a load of money. Twenty million, yeah. you, you you might want ten goals a season from a twenty million pound striker, but yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to want more goals. But I would say look at the overall body of work and yeah, yeah. he's. I would say he's been our most consistently good striker throughout the season. And people are comparing to to Morpé because obviously they're they're the two that we're after. Morpé scored more goals. I'd argue that Bernie's bigger for us as a team, in a team sense, than Morpé would have been. Yeah, he absolutely is. I saw, I can't remember, it was someone on the S2 forum just did a sort of side-by-side of all the stats, basically. And, you Mm. know, all right, Morpé scored more goals. He's also taken a couple of penalties. It's only like, I think it's only three more goals or something like that. Mm. Um, he's obviously played more minutes as well, but yeah. Then when it comes to things like uh, aerial duels, tackles, chances yeah, course, created, yeah. all this, yeah, McBurney's just uh, just smashes it. Basically, they're different. So. They're completely different players. I don't. I think it's silly to compare them in a way, but obviously they were the two main targets. I think for the striker position, and I think if we'd have got more pay, it would have meant we'd have we'd have relied far far more on McGoldrick to to keep fit because I don't think he can really play up front with anyone else other than maybe a. A link-up man. He's not someone like McBurney who can do the, you know, the hold-up role himself, is he? 
Not as well, I don't think, no. no. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, which which one do you want to jump to next? Do you want to go best moment? Yeah, can do. Uh, I've got... This is a really difficult one, this. It's, it's been a good season, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Imagine yeah. doing this under Atkins era. He'd be like, 1-0 uh, home to Chesterfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before it started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go on. Who's what have you? What have you got here? Well, I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm sure one of these will be yours, but the ones I've considered were Didzia uh, Chelsea, just getting that first goal. Mm-hmm. Wonderful moment. That misses out for me purely because we weren't there, which is not his fault. Yeah. Similar sort of reason is Egan against Wolves. Yep. You know the last minute header. That's the that sort of put away any sort of. I think before that game, although we'd hammered Tottenham, I was still in that sort of weird zone of, is it going to be as exciting? just watching it on TV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Am I going to go as mad watching it on TV as I would at the ground? I went mental for that Egan goal. <laughs> <laughs> just jumping around my room and stuff. Uh, I think another massive moment where uh, the West Ham VAR decision, mm-hmm. the, the very end. Uh, and the second place is really close. Just You know Sander Berg when he first signed? Yeah. Uh, with the, the applause at Palace. And it's not oh, really yeah. a moment on the pitch, but... I just thought at that particular moment, it's still true now, really, but the whole club has won. We had fans, you know, rival fans saying, I wish this were us, and, you know, people saying this is proper team spirit. And we seem to be at that one particular moment because of that one video and the, the song allegedly created by Billy Sharp, which it weren't, obviously, but that was the, the myth that went around. I think we were sort of, um, yeah, people were holding us up as a club that they'd want to be. And I think yeah. that's very unusual for Sheffield United or any club, really. So that were a fantastic moment. And obviously, they were the ambition of signing someone of that calibre. But for me, it's still the first game of the season, Billy Sharp's equaliser against Bournemouth. Ah, the boyhood blade equalises. incredible because of all the stick he got about he's a League One player from Adrian Durham, which that's Adrian Durham. I, I didn't take that seriously, but... I think most people did think, well, they need more than Billy Sharp if they're going to survive. And it turns out that we did. But... Just for him to get that goal, it was just like, oh, this, this. I don't know. I suppose in hindsight, he sees a lot back, but it sort of set the set the uh, the agenda of how good of a season it were going to be. Yeah, because we didn't play well in that game at all, did we? We missed. No, no, very average. Miss, yeah, we did miss some chances, um, and you know, it weren't like we got battered by Bournemouth, but it it looked like a game that was going to finish nil nil for the vast majority, mm-hmm. and then of course it looked like a game we we're going to lose one nil with a bit of a whimper from. A pretty bad goal that we conceded when it like sort of ricocheted yeah. around a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I think it's it's too simplistic to say like, oh, our season could have been very different if we'd lost that game one nil. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's a lot of validity to what you just said there. I think about setting the tone of not yeah. losing away, of you know pushing for late goals, and obviously give Sharp that one chance. It'll end up in the back of the net. And yeah, the. I mean, I wasn't there for it. I uh, I watched it in a pub, and uh, yeah, the the scenes yeah. in the pub were <laughs> comparable with the ones in the stands. I think, but such a yeah, great yeah, yeah, a yeah. great image of like fans falling all over themselves and sharp running towards them and stuff. Yeah, it's it was it was it's it's almost dreamlike, really, isn't it? Yeah. That's, it's a and really, I, really I, good show. I watched show. it back so many times. Just I, I watched all the different commentaries because I think every, I think uh, football focus, not football focus. What do you call it? BBC Score, mm. um, and they like they went. He goes, Billy Sharp. That's the story of the day. Do you know what I mean? I was like yeah. looking back what everyone was saying about it after, and everyone seemed overjoyed for him. I remember Ian Wright, up, you know, loving it and stuff because everyone knows what he's been through in his personal life. But I think take that aside, he's a 
he's a striker who's played his entire career below the Premier League to get a chance and get a goal on his first yeah fantastic moment yeah it was his first Premier League goal right obviously played a little yeah. bit with Southampton but yeah. yeah first Premier League goal for the team he supported at what 33 think so yeah yeah and it's such a sharp goal as well isn't it you know yeah then McBurney like booted it into one of our players or something I was going it really was and the sharp just uh toe ends it into the net yeah it was I think he put us on a high like you said I haven't seen it change the season or anything but then the Palace game at home right we've got a point good point we didn't know Bournemouth were going to go down Bournemouth were a mid-table side last year so yeah yeah we didn't know that that were going to be you know we should have beat them or anything like that we didn't in hindsight, it looks like, well, it's not really a good point. But at the time, it looked a really good point. And then we obviously followed it up with a Palace win. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's probably maybe the second one on my list, I think. Um, I think if we'd been there, I think McGoldrick's second versus Chelsea would definitely yeah. be on this. He's uh, in front of the cop to make mm. it 3-0 against a team that finished, um, uh, finished third, didn't they? Fourth. Did they? Fourth, was it right? Fourth, yeah. Um, anyway, they made the Champions League. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I'd have lost my mind if I'd been there for that. Even even with him scoring yeah. scoring in the first half as well. Um, the Moussa goal at Everton uh, to mm. seal the first away win. I mean, we just got absolutely battered in that game. Um, mm. And I, I should also say we only uh, going into it. We only had five points from five games at that stage, and we'd we'd lost two of our three home games as well after beating Palace. The game you just mentioned, we lost our next two. And also, and I remember us saying this right at the start of the season, we, we were uh, touching every piece of wood we could get our hands on. But we did say that it wasn't the hardest start on paper. First five games, Bournemouth, Palace, Leicester, Chelsea, Southampton. You know, obviously we thought Chelsea would be near the top four. We thought <laughs> Leicester would be good, but not amazing. Yeah, I, th- I think we were looking at that thinking, that's a good chance to get seven or nine points from our yeah, first five yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. And we only had five. We'd lost those two home games. Big, big moment to go to Everton and win. And uh, one of only two away games I was at this season. Uh, a really great day out as well. And yeah, I think... So they were unbeaten at home as well at that point. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, In fact, I think up till about March or something ridiculous like that, the only two home games they'd lost were us and Norwich. Us and Norwich, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment. And yeah, one of my one of my personal favourite memories of the whole season, I think. Um, but my, my actual best moment is um, is Fleck making it 3-0 against Burnley yeah. in the first half. Um, just just devastating. I mean, I, it's, it's a bit of a cliche, but everyone always... I think everyone says about Burnley, like, well, this is a real... This is your proper yardstick of, like... Yeah, I think we said it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, this is going to be the hardest game so far. Definitely. Um, and, you know, we were all, like... We were thinking this is just going to be a game we could just so easily see it being... You know, really tight. Two teams kind of cancelling each other out. Just one goal either way, and we just made it two nil. And then uh, Moussa, uh, I think it's Stevens, and it pressures their their man. Moussa wins it, plays the through ball to Fleck. It just first times it past Pope, makes it three nil for half before half time. And I, I just I, I just remember everyone's faces for like the next ten minutes. Like I remember going to uh, uh, going to the toilet on the cop, like and just mm. walking through the. Um, just walking through the crowds of people at the back of the cop and like everyone had just got this massive grin of disbelief on their faces. Yeah. Like, is this actually happening? And that was that's where the European uh, chance started. I've heard it. The Kazakhstan, Amsterdam to Kazakhstan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess started. so. Yeah, and I, uh, I remember that game because the second goal, I was at the toilet. There's another toilet on it, though. Which was... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of toilet anecdotes. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's like we've got some sort of problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we obviously scored 
first, and then I, I, I thought it's safe to go to the toilet. I've had a few pints before. Heard the cheer. Oh, I missed the second goal. By the time I got, I, I sort of, I heard the go on for the, you know, for the third goal. I sort of run up the gangway F to look at the top of the, the steps, and we'd scored again. It were but it was just incredible. Everyone's jumping around and stuff. It insane. It was like just one of those sort of weird, as you said, is this happening moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we scored in the 43rd and then 44th minute, so just before half-time. So, yeah, I do do definitely remember half-time, just the, the look on everyone's faces of just total disbelief was absolutely beautiful. So good. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that's my moment of the season. And, uh, yeah, you're, the one you've gone for was my second place as well, Sharp equalising at yeah. Bournemouth. Lovely stuff. Um, let's do... Um, Let's let's bring the mood down a little bit. <laughs> Worst moment. Now I had to split this into two separate categories. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a worst moment award that is football related, and there's going to be one that we're going to talk about now, which is the worst moment officiating related. Yeah. You could probably call this the guinea pig award, I guess, for the amount of weird stuff that happened to this season. But there's there's no way we can't have an award dedicated to the worst bit of officiating that we went through this season. And if, if for some bizarre reason there's a non-Sheffield United fan listening to this and thinking like, oh, all clubs say this, you know, mm. uh, all clubs get decisions going against them. Well, do listen to the next couple of minutes because there's incredible. a lot of weird stuff happened. Absolutely um, incredible that how many decisions went against us. And, and not just like the, oh, I can't believe they didn't give a penalty for that. It's mm. like, what? Like the amount of times yeah. I was sort of like going, what on earth? How has this happened? This it just season? became a joke. I think. I think I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I'll give you my number one because I think the worst officiating moment was the the thing that people call the ghost goal. Yeah. Which is not a ghost goal because it was a goal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that the, that's the worst officiating moment, officiating moment because it's just insane. There's so many people who are wrong. There's the referee who didn't see it. I feel a bit sorry for him. Linesman didn't see it. VAR didn't bring it back. The fact that Hawkeye didn't, in my opinion, didn't uh, press the on button <laughs> and then sort of lying after. So many things wrong. That was sort of the uh, a culmination of like sort of everything that had gone before. It was like, yeah. well, now we're going to hit you with like the most insane thing of all time. Yeah, as the last one. <laughs> yeah, and and thank God it didn't have any impact on us. I mean, uh, obviously Bournemouth and uh, and Villa may may debate the actual impact of it, but. Yeah. Yes, I mean that's just. It wasn't. This is what to say. The reason I, I jumped in though is because so many things had gone before us, uh, gone before this, that I wasn't as angry as I, had, I have been, even though this was the worst decision, the, because well, it was almost like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what and, happens, and, you know. And that is exactly why I'm not going to name this as my worst yeah. moment, even though, yeah, objectively it is. I mean, it's the most uh, black and white thing that went against us this season. But mm. um, yeah, I, uh, I still, I just, I just remember sort of shout like, yeah, not not really angry about it, just just completely defeated by it in terms. Yeah, of, that's it. By that like, point, I'm like, how? Yeah, I was. The anger had gone. There's so much had gone before. I think if that were the first, I don't know, third game or something, that would have happened. I'd have been furious. Yeah. I think by this point, it was just well, yeah, the officiating is appalling. That this. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I think also um, part of it is there's there's no argument to have. There wasn't like the sort of uh, you know someone who knows the rules uh, really more detail is like well actually 
mm. you know, in in this incident, this is what happened. Oh, it's like no, no, no. There, there's no there's no argument to have. It's yeah. Obviously, nobody was like, well, actually, you know, the ball didn't actually cross the line. If you look at it from this, yeah. Angle. Like no, what, no, no, what no, got no. me mad about it more than anything, what got me mad about it more than anything is people laughing about it after, uh, as if sort oh. of. And look, he didn't mean anything to us in the end, but. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, oh, they forgot to. Oh, we've got it on at half time. Don't worry about it. It's like, no. I'm going to come round there. I'm going to give you a slap because. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was it? Sky. I think Sky kept saying the ball appeared to cross the line. Like, yeah. it, it didn't appear to cross the line. Like yeah. the the sun appeared to rise this morning. Remember, <laughs> like, funny enough, it, Adrian Durham after on talks but like we've been waiting ages for football comeback and they have ruined it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a bad one. It's not it's not my uh, ultimate nominee for this award. Um, Chris Kavanagh tackling Fleck in the build up to Man City's first goal away. Yep. Um, so yeah, just if anyone doesn't remember this, we have possession of the ball. It is nil nil. We have been excellent. We have had a Goal disallowed by VAR for Musa's knee being offside. Uh, Musa's missed another one-on-one. We have just looked really, really good in this game against, obviously, the second-best team in the league this season. Yeah. We have the ball. I think Norwood's got it. Passes it to Fleck. Uh, Chris Kavanagh, the referee, essentially is in the way of Fleck and also moves into him. Because he does not touch the ball, the referee, he mm. cannot stop play. This was a really close thing. But, yeah, he basically takes out Fleck in our half. De Bruyne takes it, I think, passes to Aguero, 1-0, game over, essentially. And I I think my Hawkeye reaction was uh, the more extreme version of this, where I was just like, what are we supposed to do? Why does this keep happening That's the angriest I've been all season. We haven't got an angriest moment award. That is the angriest I've been. I felt cheated, to be honest, in that one. Yeah, it's, it's hard not to, and it's... And then, you know, you're sort of seeing the... Because, you know, that was the new sort of law brought in this season. That if the mm. ball touches the referee at any point, play stops immediately, yeah. restarts with a drop ball, either to the team that was in possession or uh, a contested one. And then, of course, you're like going, well, he, he just tackled our man. Like, what? Mm. How is it not stopped? And then you're seeing like these ultra close-up replays of like, oh, maybe he didn't quite brush the ball with his boot while he's... You know, essentially body checking Fleck off the ball and they go. I just thought that's like. And oh, you're making me angry again now. Honestly, yeah, I'm really sorry, like guys. thinking back at it, and I'm just sort of at the time. I was fur- I, I, I remember just like texting loads of people, just saying cheats. <laughs> it's corrupt. It's a, and all the things that everyone says when they've lost. And but that again, that came quite soon after the other incidents that I'm sure you'll go on to in a minute. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Just sort of all building up and building up, and it's like, well, now they've got the referee tackling us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally got, literally got twelve men. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I just and I remember thinking at the time. I think I said it on here. I was like, that they have to change that law. Like they have to, mm. they have to allow for the referee to be like, I got in the way. I affected play. Yeah. I mean, they actually have this thing of like they're part of the pitch, aren't they? Was what it's supposed to be. Well, I think it, a funny thing you mentioned on the pods actually is that it's another goal where they're going to have to change the law that we've been involved in, like the guinea pigs, like you say. Yeah. They're not going to change it. No, it won't. Just be, it'll be like, oh, that'll that only happens once every nine thousand games. Yeah, <laughs> no I need don't. to change it. Yeah, that's a nice award. It's very yeah. hot. I'm getting angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and try and be quicker, Mike. I've got two more. I've got two more know, to come. Know, really. yeah. Lundstrom's big toe. Yeah. This is uh, this is peak. What are we doing with VAR? I think. I think for the um, for the contract, to be honest. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I was I was in attendance for this one. I was at the other end. 
I had no steer on if anyone was offside, but my sense was, as Stephen slides the ball across from a Goldrick to tap in, that he was not offside. And it says VAR checking offside. And uh, I think they, I, I can't actually remember, but I feel like they did show, like, on the screen, the little movement of Stephen's passing to McGoldrick. And it's like, it's clear he's like a metre onside. So I'm like, goal, sit down, great. And then it comes up, the goal's been disallowed. And it shows a picture of the of the our right wing, a blurry picture of number seven for United out on the wing, no goal. And I'm looking at it, as indeed was all the Spurs fans around me laughing. They were all laughing, like, yeah, I what on earth? I've seen the YouTube videos of the you know fans filming it, and they're even they're saying that's ridiculous. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. I want to clarify. They're not laughing like you know, ha, oh, screw you, United. They were like, what on earth is this? What even? And when the image came up, everyone was looking at each other, going like, what the hell is that supposed to be? Mm. And as it transpired, John Lundstrom's big toe probably, possibly was offside. About what? Probably ten seconds before Lundstrom crosses it in yeah. and gets headed away. Uh, I think it's Fleck then passes it to Stevens, who passes it to McGoldrick. Uh, VAR decide that that is not enough to move on to a new phase, so that they're able to go all the way back to when Lundstrom received the ball. And it wasn't like this is the thing; it wasn't even Lundstrom that crossed it for the goal, was it? It's just no. And, and I feel I wanted to mention this because I feel like it's has actually got like uh, there have been a lot of sort of baffling VAR decisions this season obviously for for loads of teams but it felt like at the time that this was the sort of almost the tipping point of bringing yeah. it into like the national consciousness of like what are we doing this is yeah. ridiculous anything you want to say about that no <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, I'll come back onto this for an award later on so I'll not mention too much now but that, as you say, that was a. T- I remember that Billy Sharp goal against Bournemouth. I didn't even think about VAR. I don't think anyone did, did they? Mm. And I think after that goal got disallowed, I think every single time since then I've been thinking, "Oh, hang on, is that yeah. is that offside?" Because you don't know. It's not that clear cut. You don't know. Was he offside twenty five minutes ago? <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. and it, it should be said that um, you know people very visibly and uh, have said as much didn't celebrate our actual equaliser. Yeah. Anywhere near as uh, intensely as a, a one-all equaliser at well, uh, Spurs. Yeah, he just looked angry, didn't he? Which I suppose yeah. is pretty but... in character. My actual worst moment uh, officiating-wise this season is, of course, John Joe Shelby making it 2-0 for Newcastle. Um, and, and again, this one felt hugely guinea pig time. So what happens here? The ball gets flicked on. Um, I think it's by Carroll, isn't it, yeah. on the halfway line. The linesman's flag goes up immediately. 21 players stop, and John Joe Shelby doesn't stop. Strolls forward, passes it past Henderson, who isn't putting much effort in at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself walked away. I don't know about yourself. I don't know if you did. I was going mad, going, get, he's wasting time getting him in the book. Yeah. Newcastle, yeah. Newcastle 1-0 up. I was furious. I was wanting a yellow card for Shelby yeah. for so blatantly wasting time by playing on. Um, and obviously, you know, offside is given after the ball is given, it goes into the net. Check it on VAR. It turns out that um, the fellow that flicked it on, Carroll, was not offside. I think I've got that right. I think it's. Yeah, that's it, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was the guy who flicked it on who was flagged, not Shelby himself, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and they give a goal. And Newcastle fans go bananas. And the rest of the game, I think there's about 25 minutes left. 
we just sat there in stunned silence. I couldn't mm. believe what I've seen. I never yeah. want to experience that again. Obviously, after horrible, that, it's horrible end to a game. That's the most horrible end to a game. I can't think of one. I know we've had worse performances, but I've walked out. <laughs> yeah. You know, if we've been playing that bad. I remember like being 3 0 on Stoke and I left after about 60 minutes under Robson because I was just that. With that, I didn't feel like I, should, I wanted to walk out because it weren't fair on the team. But I was just yeah. sort of sat there like, oh my, how? What? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, I think the other ones were like a, a burst of anger, if you like, and then yeah. sort of on with the game, I guess. Yeah, whereas this one, I mean, obviously it made it 2-0, which is going to be hard to come back from regardless. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The game was over. We, you know, we just had nothing after that. We were just completely shell-shocked, weren't we? And yeah. the whole crowd was as well. Because I remember, I think I might have said to my dad, like, as it was being decided, I was like, if they give this, there's going to be a riot. Mm. But actually, there wasn't at all because every, well, obviously there wasn't all, but you know what I mean? People weren't, like, angry about it, really, like, after the moment. Because yeah, like, I, I think another thing with it. that goal is that, Newcastle had played awful, I, th- I felt, anyway. And yeah, I, it, I think they only had two shots. One shot up until that point, and I think they had a couple after because our heads had dropped. But it, we were quite clearly still in the game, and I think we were on the verge of getting an equaliser, I felt. As, mm. as deep as Newcastle were and what have you, I did think like we were going to get back into it. And it just sort of it just felt so undeserved in so many ways. Yeah. And then, of course, it becomes the, uh, oh, well, don't, uh, you know, make sure you play to the whistle with offsides. And then it's like, well, yeah. well hang on, what about if you if you don't hear the whistle or if you if you think you've heard a whistle? Because a couple of times in that game, we had players who were offside and then, of course, the referee whistles straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just sort of going, what on earth? What on earth is going on? That uh, was Has it happened since this season to anyone? can't think of one i feel i feel like i would have been aware of it yeah the, the thing that always when, when everyone mentions that goal the thing that pops in my head is that image of stevens do you know where he's back turned mm. there's like an image of john joe shelby running one way like with the ball and stevens has got his back turned, walking back to the like center circle or whatever just waiting for a free kick he's not even trying to catch that i know you say play to the whistle play to the whistle but does anyone really want to see a goal like that no, exactly. And I will stress this is uh, this award is the worst moment officiating real officiating wise. It is not the worst decision, if you mm. like, you know, the worst mistake by yeah. uh, things. Because as it transpires, that was that was the correct turn of events that happened there by the laws. Yeah, um, and, and that's and why I went to the worst moment because although yeah. I wasn't as angry, I just I, I still think it's the most ridiculous decision out of the lot. Yeah. But the Shelby goal, I never ever want to see that ever again. I don't want it to happen for us or against us. Yeah. It's it's rubbish. It's just a terrible, just a terrible use of football. Basically. Yeah, there's no nobody Hate wants it. to see a goal like that apart from Newcastle fans at that one particular moment. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure even that... they aren't looking back at that and the season highlights and saying, "Oh yes." <laughs> yeah, the the thing that really annoyed me at the time was like if the linesman hadn't put his flag up, we probably don't go two 0 down. And I get, mm. I get the argument of play to the whistle, and you know, just because the Lions has put his flag up, don't stop running and all this. Don't, don't tweet me with that one. I completely understand. Yeah. But at the same time, if the linesman had not put his flag up, which they were not supposed to do, by now, the way, that, so that's marginal the marginal offside thing that, that the linesman is not supposed to do it unless he's completely sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. We probably wouldn't have conceded. So that was. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to disagree whatsoever with your Hawkeye one because that's definitely objectively the worst. Bit of officiating yeah. we received, but that Shelby one, those scars run deep, my friend. I will never forget that one. One that we've think. not mentioned is because it, it didn't really matter in the end. Do you remember Lundstrom's against Norwich away? 
Oh, vaguely. Where yeah, go on, Lundstrom remind me. Scores, and he is offside, but before he gets to the offside point, we, it's a definite penalty for us. Oh, yeah. Is like all Bar does is just disallow his... the goal. <laughs> yeah, rather than, you know, punish the first offence, which yeah, would have been the penalty. Because that's what they were looking at, even though it's, it's a definite penalty. Yeah, it's got both sets of fans singing it's not football anymore as well at that point. That was bad. Obviously, that game had uh, Basham's red card overturned yeah, by VAR yeah, as well, yeah. didn't it? So, um, yeah, all sorts going off in that one. Um, which which one do you want to do next? Do you want to do worst moment football related or, or something different? Well, this links into what you've just said. The worst moment of the season for me was actually weirdly a lot's goal against Spurs because I didn't celebrate and <sighs> I felt like everything oh. changed from that moment. I felt in terms of how I view football matches uh, in the Premier League, and even like when I'm watching Championship now, I always think, oh, "Is he going to get caught?" I oh, know they haven't got VAR, have they? But yeah, I yeah, did, true actually. Yeah, I did. I didn't celebrate. I, I didn't. The ball went in, and because we were, it was such a ridiculous offside decision against Lundstrom or so tight, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. I, I just didn't get up. I did not get up. And if you remember, it took what two minutes from to decide to give that one as well. Yeah, they, I think they were. What were they doing? They were checking whether Basham had. If Basham had touched the ball, it'd have been offside. I think. Yeah, yeah. and I remember just sat there, my arms folded, saying, what's the point? They're not going to give it, or who knows if they're going to... They can just sort of decide what goals they rule. I was so, like, distraught after the the the, the, the McGoldrick goal disallowed that I didn't cheer that one, and I've not been the same cheering now since oh, man, uh, any so goal, which is not good for, for any football fan. So that's my biggest, like, worst moment, I think. yeah. That's a good one. Um, I've got a few. Well, I'll just tell you which one mine is, and that is uh, Dean Henderson's gift versus Liverpool, um, just because I thought we deserved something from that game. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have put that one in myself. I, I, just thinking, like, in terms of football-related, which one made me, like, properly sink into my seat? And, yeah, that was it. Because I just... You know, we knew Liverpool Liverpool were incredible last season. I think they had the th- third highest... Uh, last season, I mean, 2018-19... Um, I think they had like the third highest total ever in the Premier League mm. and finished second. Yeah. So we knew they were good. It was not. It was not like at that stage of the season we didn't know how good New- uh, Liverpool were going to be. And obviously yeah. they yeah. Uh, ran away with the title. And we really, really matched them. I mean, you saw it in uh, the the view from you your end of season awards mm. that they were. They knew they'd been in a game, and they all said that is by far the toughest game we've had for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Henderson. Mane with a, a soft shot towards goal and Henderson just lets it slip through his arms for what was fortunately one of his very few mistakes this season. But uh, that was a it was a kick in the teeth, especially with... I felt like Liverpool fans had been so quiet during this game. The atmosphere of United fans was like really drowning them out all the way through. Yeah, and then, I get out have... on the upper tier for this and I didn't hear him at all until the very end of the match. Yeah, to have to sort of sit there for five or ten minutes where he was just enduring, like suddenly Liverpool fans have woken up because they've just been gifted a, yeah. a goal. They didn't, I mean, they look, they had some really good chances in that game and Henderson obviously redeemed himself with a one-on-one save a few minutes later. But yeah, just that really, I think, I really did think we were going to get at least a point out of I had made a man for that. For, and I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating, about two and a half minutes. <laughs> so yeah. Just like with my head again, like just not putting my head to watch the game or anything. We're just like, oh. Because you, you know what? You need to... More disappointing than that. The worst moment though, if yeah. Leon Clark shot had gone in because he were offside. Yes. <laughs> so if that had gone in, then we'd have all been mad and it'd be disallowed. It'd have been like, oh no. <laughs> that, yeah, that would have been very, very bad indeed. Um, I guess the thing, the thing when you're playing like Liverpool and City, and I guess 
maybe the the new look Man United as well. Like you need everything to go right if mm. you're going to get something. And uh, you know, the, if Henderson had made that mistake against I don't know, pick a team, Everton or Villa or yeah. someone like that, it, obviously it's bad. But... You've still got a chance though. Yeah, and it just wouldn't. I don't know. I'd just be like, oh, that's you know, that's so dumb that they've got that. But against Liverpool, it's like, oh, you know, we we almost had we had the prize of a point or more, like right within our grasp, and uh, it has slipped away. And I think away that's where Wild that that game is where Wilder came into the public uh, mm, conscious that he's not going to be accepting <laughs> anything other than like a, a fantastic, faultless performance. Everyone seemed to be stunned by his after the match interview. Not just what he said about Henderson, but obviously what he said about the team as well. Yeah, brilliant. That was. Uh, I mean, I felt good about that at the time, but I do think, in in hindsight, a fantastic bit of man management and just mm. sort of pub- public facing PR. I mean, I don't. You know, I'm sure there's a, a tiny element of spin about it, but yeah, um, I, I don't doubt that there's a lot of honesty in the way he reacted to it as well. And he felt obviously felt that was the right thing to say about Henderson that uh, if he wants to, he wants to. Uh, wants to play for England, he wants to play for Man United and he knows that he needs to be a bit better and, you know, concentrate more on that kind of thing. And mm. yeah, I, I mean, I don't think we saw like a immediate improvement from Henderson. He was very good in the next game, but it wasn't yeah, like was he... against Watford, yeah. It wasn't like he suddenly became Superman or anything like that. It's just he, he didn't drop off or anything, was he? He just basically stayed at the high levels we know yeah. he is able to. So yeah, I would say that worked. Um, so that was my nominee to a couple of others... Uh, Ender Stevens missing the ball at Newcastle oh. and letting them take the lead. That was bad. Uh, Manu scoring three goals in seven minutes against us at home in a game that we'd absolutely dominated for 70 minutes. Uh. I think they, I think William scored in the 70th and then we were 3 2 down by the 77th. Oh, that were awful. I remember, yeah, so undeserved. Yo, so, so, so undeserved. Yeah, yeah that were incredible. That was... The feeling for that was incredible. Yeah, uh, and then McGoldrick missing at Brighton, having gone round the goalkeeper, putting it into the side netting with an yeah. empty net. Well, in terms of the like, is this like disappointment slash worst moment? I guess so. Yeah, Mark Duffy fallout is what I got in second place. Ah, okay. Yeah, Just, I was I was going to mention this in another category, but go ahead. So sad. So so sad. It's still sad now. I think. I just think obviously when he when we went up, I think he was one of the players, weren't it? That we were all saying, I'm so glad for him. What, 34 or whatever, massive sort of Liverpool fan. I was finally going to get a play at Anfield, top flight. Press and then, cables and all that. Yeah, it's a press cables, yeah, and all this sort of stuff. And that was mentioned all the way through, and then just to fall out just before the season started. Yeah, really, really sort of. And he, he, he's still a hero, isn't he, to everybody, I think. But just to end in that way were really disappointing. Yeah, I guess, I guess ultimately I feel like it was the right way for it to end in terms yeah, of yeah yeah just in the wrong circumstances maybe yeah like I, I stand i stand with the club on that in terms of this is how we've consistently handled yeah uh, handled contracts and that kind of thing and it's you know, happening no, now isn't it uh yeah i, I guess so we, it, it, referring to anyone specifically well, it just seems like we're like well everyone's presuming it's lundstrom but you know while they're saying you know you're not don't just come and knock on my door asking for contracts. I think you're going to get. Oh, I said the other week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I mean, Duffy. I mean, I think he'd barely have played this season, wouldn't he? He would have been on the bench at most. I, I doubt. I doubt he'd have got more minutes than Luke Freeman. No, I think it'd have been that sort. Of, yeah, I think that's what we're looking at. It'd have been a cup game sort of man, but still, I think he might have got a couple of minutes in the Premier League, a bit like Liam yeah. Clark has. 
Yeah, I've, I've no doubt we would have been. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of times, particularly towards the back end of the season, we switched to uh, McGoldrick behind the strikers, mm, and mm. yeah, I think he, he definitely would have played for sure. But I, I doubt it would have been a key player. But yeah, you're right. That was uh, that was a a really I don't know if sour note to start the seasons on, but I I wish it hadn't gone like that. If you know what I mean, I would have yeah. liked him to. I think you were predicting actually, weren't you, up until the very last minute that you thought it'd be sorted out. Yeah, yeah, I really was. Yeah. yeah, I think it was when when the squad numbers came out, and he wasn't mm. in the twenty five, whatever it is. And Leon Clark and Keen Bryan were as well, so it wasn't as if you know I just missed out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Pretty pretty disappointing that one for sure. Any any other worst moments before we move on? Uh, it's not really a worst moment. We've already sort of touched on it as well. The only one is Moose's form in the second half of the season because. We were so excited. We were even talking about where we could hold on to him, weren't we, at one point. And then, obviously, he just went off the boil. And I think we lost so much when he went off the boil. And I think we had to change the way we played a little bit as well, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. And then we'll come back with something a bit cheerier than the worst <laughs> moments. So, yeah, we will be back. Quick break to bring you a message from one of our sponsors. Before I do, I just want to say a huge thank you to anyone who's supported any of the sponsors of this podcast. That is the number one way to support this podcast is to support the people that sponsor it. So, yeah, thank you very much to anyone and everyone out there that's uh, that's gone ahead and done that. And let me tell you about one of those sponsors, and that is Beer 52. Now, Beer 52 are offering a free case of their hand-picked beers to BladesPod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash bladespod. Sign up, cover just the £4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. These aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers out there from the greatest small batch breweries and deliver it straight to your door. They don't hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That is the num- the word beer, then the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. Thank you very much. Now back to the podcast. And we're back, and we're going to pick up the mood again. We're going to talk about the best game of the season, and this is done from a... Uh, from an entertainment standpoint, was the intention here. So not a, you know, not a, uh, not the best feeling you got from a game, but the actual most entertainment you got out of a game this season. I think there's probably only one winner here, but yeah. there's a couple of others as well. Who go on? Which? Well, which I think the one we're probably all going to go for as best game has got to be Man United at home, isn't it? I think so. Three all draw. Yeah, there wasn't. A, I'm trying to think. We there can't be many games this season that had. Five or more goals, I don't think. Uh, a lot of one nils and two nils down there. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I think that, that's that's definitely a high scoring one, isn't it? Yeah, just looking through the yeah. tapes now. And in fact, I think only the last game of the season, the three-one at Southampton, and the two-all draw with Chelsea, is the only time mm, we had four yeah. or more goals as well. So it was a goal fest this yeah. one. Brilliant game, absolutely superb game of football. I think it did wonders for our reputation as well, uh, getting away mm. from that. Oh, they're just a long ball northern team. It was still fairly early in the season, this, weren't it? So I think yeah, there was the still some. 13th game. Yes, I think there was still some. I mean, not been on TV that much. I think there was still some doubts about. I mean, the way we played against Arsenal were really good, but that was more of a back to the wall, as you expect 
a, a, a lower sort of you know championship club getting promoted to play. It was more like digging in, weren't it? Mm. I think the the game against Man United just showed a lot of people just how good we could be. And we were we are, we were just fantastic, weren't we? Just the speed, unbelievable. Yeah, the speed at which we attacked. Um, yeah, Fleck obviously gave us the lead. Musa with that uh, my nominee for goal of the season made it two 0 mm. and then yeah around seventy minutes Brandon Williams who I think was making his first league start a young left back I don't want to say it was a fluky goal but I'd like to see him try and do it again <laughs> like, yeah how, how many times does he stick that one away with uh, if you give him fifty chances he volleys it in basically the there was like a, a ball and a half width that Henderson wasn't going to be able to reach and it, it went in that gap into the corner. And then everything changed for five or six minutes, didn't it? Um, that's what made it a, gr- a great game, not just a great Sheffield United performance, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think Greenwood uh, equalised in here as yeah. uh, Rashford put in a good ball. And then um, uh, Dan Watch. James basically just exposed the right side of our defence, which uh, I should say we had Jagielka in for Egan, who was injured, yeah. and obviously Simon Moore in goal for Henderson Moore. Not covering himself in glory with this one and rushing. Superb dive, that. That's like sort of on a computer game when you've got control at goalkeeper. <laughs> you don't really know what buttons are. You die. You just dive in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, basically. So that was three-two with ten minutes to go, um, but we kept at it. And the goal itself, the equaliser from McBurney, was uh, was a great, you know, great team move. Again, I think it was like Fleck and Stevens out wide, and Robin Callum Robinson with some quick feet, good touch by McBurney, and then he volleys it in via um, via De Gea's hands. Small, yeah. The, then you had the final sort of dab of drama of VAR because this is the next game after the Spurs one all draw. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. it was a game. It had all this game. It had a, had absolutely everything. Um, yeah. And it was. I mean, I'm just looking now. This kicked off at half past four in my head. This is a night game, but it must. It have been, very, oh, sorry, is it yeah, half past it was five? November sorry. or whatever. Was it November? It was. Yeah, it was the end of November. It was half past five. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just. I just remember the atmosphere being incredible. I mean, and that, that offside goal as well. well. Sorry, not offside. Handball thing at Burnley. That was very borderline. That was sort of that could have gone either way. That decision. I agree. Yeah, um, I think it. It's one of them where it's like, has it brushed his upper arm or has it just yeah. brushed his chest? Um, and I, they made the right decision. Yeah, <laughs> for, my, I, for my I, money. I remember on the commentary when I look, look about you saying like. Uh, I think his like reaction was ooh. Oh, <laughs> you could make like a long compilation of Gary Neville going oh this yeah. season. But I think you were right. <laughs> I think I looked at it and I was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't because I was on. We were in the upper tier for this. I film, didn't go to this said. one because I, oh. I had a family thing. If you, I, well, yeah, I had a family thing and I had to. Uh, I went to a pub with my dad to watch it. I think it was my nan's birthday or something. And um, so I couldn't make it to this one. I went to uh, the pub to watch it and. Oh yeah, horrible, horrible couple of minutes that. Yeah, see, I was uh, sat on the cop, so I had no real sense of what was being like. I didn't really have any sense of where the handball had been, and obviously, with the Spurs won the week before, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks before, excuse me. Um, it was like, well, how you know, are they what are they doing? Are they looking at like the tenth pass back? Are they looking at like yeah. when we won the ball in midfield thirty seconds before it goes in the net? And I, I had absolutely no idea. So, yeah, I was very, very relieved when they did award it. But another example of, like, zero communication for fans actually in the ground. But, mm. yeah, you're right. It was, um, I mean, to be honest, probably one of the best games I've ever been to, I think. No, no, I'm just... good that I missed it, but it, it almost feels like I was there because 
pub were packed as well, um, and it was like really good atmosphere and stuff in there. And then I oh, were all awful when we were waiting for that for that decision. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, a deserved a very deserved draw. Um, I would have been extremely annoyed to lose that game because mm. yeah, we we were so much better than Man United for seventy minutes for sure. Yeah. Um, Two others. I do think that Spurs away game, the one-all draw, yeah. had a lot going for it. And obviously, yeah, yeah. Again, you've got the VAR drama if you like that kind of thing. But we played really well, and yeah, I remember. I think Lundstrom hit the post. Yeah. Um, I feel like Musa had quite a good chance as well that went wide. He did. And... Lundstrom had a really good chance as well, Joe, and he just just didn't connect. Uh, yeah, it's like a cross that came yeah. in, and he had to sort of hit it on the run, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And obviously, we had the disallowed goal, and then the actual equaliser itself. But it was a a really exciting game, I thought, where we properly took the game to them. Um, any others? Uh, I thought Liverpool at home, which you've already mentioned, were a good game. Uh, as mm. a neutral fan, I imagine that were... Because it was quite end-to-end, weren't it, really? It was. Uh, that, I feel like that was the first time we really saw us as a counter-attacking team, mm. I think. And we were really good at it. I yeah. know we didn't score yeah. and obviously lost, but yeah, that was a good game. Um I, I thought the Wolves 1-0 game, uh, the, the home game post-lockdown... Very was good really for a purist, re- I think. Yes, yeah, there we yeah. go, for a football nerd, yeah. It was, I thought it was it was just a really interesting game. I know yeah. if you look at the... There was probably like less than 10 shots in the entire yeah. game, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tactically very interesting. I, I, but, yeah, I think for others like, trying to take my United specs on, maybe Norwich away. Yeah, that would, a, a lot of uh, incident, didn't mm-hmm. it? And uh, comeback, obviously, from United. And poss- goals. possibly even the last game of the season against Southampton in the first half in particular were quite end-to-end. Mm, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think pretty... I'm sure 99.9% of people will be picking that man you won. And uh, who am I to argue? What was the, what was the worst game you uh, you witnessed this season? This is memorable for a different... I thought Villa away when the, after lockdown were awful. Yeah, it was. It was really, really bad. I've, I've got a worse one because I think just... I think. I hate doing this. Um, I hate the idea that uh, a bad decision like adds to the entertainment of a game. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I spent most of the second half of that game, all of the second half of that game. I, just like, I've written this down myself. I said the ghost goal made it memorable. Uh, it's yes. the worst, but I think my, that's not my number one. Sorry, mm. uh, my number one was actually Everton at home. Mm. I've gone exactly the same. Actually, go, go on. <laughs> uh, even Pickford weren't on top comedy form, were they, for that one? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he, did, he tried his best, but he, uh, but yeah, it, oh, no shots. They were rubbish. We were rubbish, well below par. Just looked like two teams playing out of season, I felt, to be honest. Yeah. I've read my, my note for this is, uh, and this is true, I'm not uh, inventing a dramatic outcome, but this is the only time this season I found myself sort of wanting to just like pick up my phone and just scroll through yeah. Twitter or or whatever, just do something else. Basically, yeah. I was like, as close to being bored watching a United game as I've been for quite a long time. So It was a poor, yeah. poor game between two, at that point, two poor sides, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the 1-0 win at Palace was pretty rubbish as well. Uh, obviously, yes. we scored and you got the, the intrigue of Berger making his debut and stuff. So that, Awful that match, though. Really, was really bad match, yeah. The guy you are watch all matches with, he, he, he was at a birthday go-karting thing or something for that he, goes, he missed that game what it like is you missed nothing other than, <laughs> other than not yeah. what's going off a corner honestly if you're going to miss a game this season that's that's one to miss that were a really yeah. really poor game uh, and the the nil-nil draw with Watford away was pretty bad as well a couple of good uh, good saves by Henderson was pretty much the only thing that's the only reason I didn't go for that one just because of the, the saves from Henderson at least there were some chances in that I, I thought the Everton game there were barely anything 
Yep, completely agree. Uh, yep, that is my worst game of the season as well. Sheffield United nil, Everton one. Uh, what would you have as the best performance by by the team? There's obviously season? a lot. There's a lot. I think the first 70, 60 minutes that we talked about uh, Man United is probably the best in terms of like just a, a sort of a a bit of a match. But in terms of the full performance, I've gone for Chelsea at home. Yeah, I have as well. That was, I think, just a. So my, I'll quickly run through my other ones. The one all draw with Spurs that I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the the 3-1 win over Spurs at home as well. Yeah, and that, yeah. I think that gets like extra points because we'd been really bad for the previous three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, interesting v- that everyone says that we, we fell off the cliff, obviously, after lockdown. It's, that seems to be a narrative painted. Two of our best performances came after lockdown. Tottenham and Chelsea, undoubtedly. And arguably Wolves at home as well. Yeah, and Burnley away as well, of course. But yeah, I thought the Spurs one obviously it was a, it was a great performance. But I do, I think you can point fingers at Spurs as defending in that game particularly. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say we didn't have to work for it because we obviously did, and we did play really, really well. But yeah, that possibly knocks it down a bit. The Burnley one, I mean, yeah, yeah. the three nil win that is. I mean, no exaggeration. That could easily have been six or seven. Like we missed some really good chances mm-hmm. in the second half. It wasn't like a you know a game where you fly into the lead almost flukily like you just score your first three chances and then you win 3-0 it was we absolutely smashed them in that yeah, game yeah but yeah the Chelsea one the, the standard of opposition the way our game plan the way we executed the defending the counter-attacking and some amazing individual performances in this one as well and it it just just so much pride you can take out of that of like we've really done a number on a team that costs way more than ours does that has so much more squad depth that yeah. has this manager that's supposed to have a you know a big reputation and all this and we've properly schooled their entire team and management in this game yeah. so yeah Chelsea for sure one one of the best forms I've ever seen from United yeah right? I think Without de- yeah definitely worth a worth definitely worthy of a shout yeah. any others you want to mention or have we took them all off I think that's I mean I th- we played all right away at City to be fair considering the opposition yeah. I felt I felt first off in particular Moussa's goal counts that's another one we, we haven't spoke about we're millimetres offside yeah. uh, if, that, if that counts we might go on to win that game that's a really famous win yeah but that was another one we had a good approach didn't we we were playing Robinson and uh, Moussa up yeah. front and just, just trying to hit him on the counter and it, it really worked we could easily have scored two or three goals in the first half alone to be honest yeah and then, yeah I remember Sharp hitting the post late on as well. There was another one where Basham like dribbled past about four of their players, yeah, didn't he? And, like yeah, got yeah. into their box and stuff. So yeah, yeah, that that was a good performance for sure. Uh, I imagine this will take not very much time to tick off your worst team performance this season. You say this, I think there's two contenders here. Uh, it's got to be Newcastle okay. away as a winner. Yeah. I think Leicester were really bad, though, to be honest. The reason I've not gone Leicester is because they're a billion times better than Newcastle. Yeah, see, I, th- I think it's Newcastle. I don't think, it's, I don't think anything is even close yeah. to it. The, the worst thing about the Newcastle one isn't just the standard of the opposition, but it's it's just the basic stuff that we did wrong. Yeah. Like, Egan getting sent off was so dumb. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't have got booked in the first place. Um, like, as in, he shouldn't have got into that situation, but it was a soft yellow card anyway. Yeah. But, then, but then knowing he was booked to do what he did to Joel Inter, it's like... You're just asking to be sent off. That's stupid. Let if the guy can't score apart from when he's four yards out. Yeah. <laughs> just let him go. Like even if he does score, then we're still in the game. That was yeah. that was dumb. You had Stevens like messing up the uh, clearance. Um, I think I don't every feel player like... you could pick out something from that game that were horrendous. <laughs> yeah, even Sharp missing like yeah. a chance that he usually just completely buries. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was awful. Really, really bad. I, I don't have any I think we were really disappointed because we've been waiting for ages of football to come back. We've had a really poor draw against Villa and then got mm. battered by we, who we've been saying is the worst team in the league all season. Yeah, I think they are the worst team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you're right, you're right. Because we come out of it, yeah, come out of lockdown and you're like, this is... If we're going to get in Europe, then we've got to get four or six points from these next two games. And then, you know, Villa, it's like, well, Rusty, you know, we should have, we did score a goal. It just didn't count. Bring on Newcastle, that kind of thing. Bring on that terrible Newcastle team. And then, yeah, just getting absolutely destroyed in the second half. It was, it was embarrassing. Um, yeah, not even, for me, not, nothing comes close to it, to be honest. There's worst team performance. So there you go. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what about your best individual performance by a blade this season? This is Which... really difficult because there's been a lot, and I, I, we might have different ones here. Uh, ones that mm. stand out for me is Lundstrom against Burnley. He could have had four. He could, yeah, you're right. It was, yeah, I, I think he was the one he put wide for his hat trick. Yeah, the one, one he put wide for his hat trick, but then he hit that beautiful volley as well. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That he were it were all over the place. That were like peak Lundstrom, I think. That <laughs> this is like peak any midfielder. Yeah, this season, I don't actually. think that's he'll get that. I'd, I'd be amazed if he has a better performance than that in the Premier League. I thought that was fantastic. Fleck away at City, oh, yeah. loved it. Absolutely loved that performance. We didn't score or anything like that, so you could say like, well, he, did, he never, he, you know, he. You didn't get us anywhere, but I think we were fantastic away. It's it coming up against like De Bruyne and stuff. And I remember saying like he was as good as De Bruyne in this game, and that I, is the I, highest compliment I could possibly I, say. Yeah, yeah, he really. I think was. he was. I think McGoldrick against Chelsea just embarrassed some of their midfielders with a yeah. play and forwards. But the one I've gone for is John Egan at Everton. Ah, okay, yeah, that's on my shortlist as well. Yeah, Go ahead. I just thought it was faultless. I, I don't think he did a single thing wrong. They were, they were, I always remember about that game, there were one bit where we were under the caution, the ball sort of just bobbling around, and he just steams out, which is unlike Egan running out of position, and just hammers it away, and it was just like no one is getting through today. He were, he were phenomenal in that match. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely was, and it was a game we needed him to be phenomenal yeah. in as well, because, as I say, we're under, we, we weren't being peppered by shots, but it was basically... I would say there was like 60 or 70 minutes where it was just them crossing it into our box and Egan heading it away, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Moussey at home to Man United, absolutely electric. Loved Um, him when he put Phil Jones on his backside. We've been linked with Phil Jones, though, so maybe we shouldn't be slagging him off. (laughs) That's that's not true. (laughs) Is this like, you know, John Agent on Twitter says... That's nonsense. Yeah. Um, McGoldrick was magnificent away at Spurs, like just uh, just tremendous. But but mine is McGoldrick against Chelsea at home. Uh, I just think as close to a perfect performance from a forward as you mm-hmm. could possibly ask for. Scored two goals. Um, he should have had an assist as well when he put Moussa in. Yeah. One on one. The defensive work that he did. Uh, I mean, we talked at length about how much he embarrassed Jorginho, particularly yeah. in that game. Oh, amazing! I would, I'd love to be able to watch that whole game again if, if you know, I'd wish to put it on their YouTube channel. It annoys me like after the Everton game. Uh, I saw a couple of people saying, "Oh, we need better than McGoldrick. We need better than McGoldrick." The week before, he's putting one of the best centre forward performances that you will ever see from a Sheffield United player. Yeah, D- don't get me wrong. I would love to have better than McGoldrick because we would be yeah. bloody good next season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and that is very much the challenge, I guess, for. Uh, for the recruitment team this summer. But yeah, um, 
that's my number one. But I'm, I'm pleased you uh, mentioned Egan as well as uh, as yours because I I do think I think like your mind immediately goes to like a goal scorers almost like yeah it's almost the, the like shorthand definition of when someone's had a good game. So yeah, good to pick out a, a defensive performance for sure. Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to think like maybe. I think maybe against Wolves as well. I feel like uh, all of the back three were absolutely amazing in that game. Um, yeah, that were really yeah fantastic performance defensively from all three. Egan's had a few to be fair this season. Even yeah. against like Chelsea, were winning every header, which you mm. never remember because if you think about it, Chelsea had all the ball, but he was just there every time, weren't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, do you want to do? Funniest moment next, the the moment that made you laugh the most this season? Yeah, there's quite a few of these, isn't there? Um, there's a very clear winner for me, but there is a few, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe not. I mean, obviously, obviously doing the view from my funniest thing were the uh, the Palace fans, you know, before the first game where they said, oh, popping oh, yeah. centre-backs, have a word. They're going to get murdered in this league. Uh, Roy's going to put a stop to this nonsense right away. Him and Ray are probably laughing their heads off watching Sheffield United. Then we win 1-0. With a, a goal from an overlapping centre half. So yes. uh, same things with Norwich all season. Obviously, if you've seen the end of the season awards thing, all season they were so confident that they were going to finish above us, even like when they couldn't. I loved uh, Champions of League One. You'll never sing that. Oh, that was great. Uh, Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. Do you know what I've gone for? Just might be a personal moment, but uh, Basham. Wearing a what looked like a woolly hat against Palace. <laughs> it's Basham's turban. I've got that written down yeah. as well. My favourite bit about this, I watched it with a mate, and uh, his girlfriend, his wife, sorry, came in, and um, she was just like sat down. We were watching match, and she goes, "You're allowed to wear hats at football games." Like, it's not, it's not a hat. It's not a hat. <laughs> I loved it, <laughs> laughing his heads off about it for ages about that. And every time he came on the screen, just just looked like iced tea. They were brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I've got a few other ones. Uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, the institutionalised bullying of Zahar oh, yes. after our 1-0 win at Palace. Oh, and the, yes, I forgot. The outrage. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. The outrage that he'd been fouled like seven times or something Insta- in the game. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was good. And, uh, yeah, accusations that we were sort of, uh, you know, just fouling him constantly. And it's like, <laughs> well... You know, if you give him the ball, I remember looking at it, he had the ball like 80% of the time yeah. for Palace. It's like, of course he's going to be the most fouled man on the yeah. pitch. He's, he's the only one who has the ball and obviously he's trying to dribble past you every time. Um, uh, wasn't wasn't in attendance for this, but I imagine I would have found it hilarious. Grealish missing a penalty mm. um, at Bramall Lane, hitting the bar. Uh, Henderson's exaggerated dive against Norwich when Buendia shot in the last minute from about oh, 35 yes. yards. Yeah, and he... I forgot that actually, yeah tumbled to his knees and has a little grin to the camera afterwards uh jack rodwell breaking the internet when he came on yeah. uh, away at burnley that was uh, that was very funny what are you um, doing here <laughs> <laughs> uh Mousse ending phil jones's career in that yes. man united game you know dumping him on his backside setting up lundstrom who ends up uh, having his shot saved and fleck knocks it in but the the sort of other bit of that is flex's face after he'd scored, <laughs> yeah, he like, that, yeah. he turns to Lundstrom or Stevens, I can't remember which one, and he's, he just like makes this gurning face. And I don't know if he was, I don't know if he was actually doing an impersonation of Phil Jones, but that is essentially what it looked yeah, like. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that was brilliant. But my my number one by far is the West Ham disallowed goal, the VAR <laughs> goal at Bramall Lane. I have not laughed that hard at football, I think, ever. Like, I, you know, to go from being completely devastated that they got an undeserved draw out of that and, and obviously Snodgrass scoring as, again as well and you know their fans are on the pitch Moyes is running down the touchline and then it's like 
checking goal and you're sort of going, well, I don't, you know, there's no way he's offside. I don't really know what's happening here. Yeah. And then as soon as the referee put his whistle to his mouth, the noise, I watched, I went back and watched the uh, Shoreham View video of this the other day. Oh, actually, really? I wanted to, I wanted to just relive this moment and it's, People celebrate it like it's a last-minute winner. I mean, it's essentially what it is because it well, was yeah, right at the end of the felt. game. I remember, like, just being so happy that that was like a last-minute winner. Yeah. yeah, my my voice cracked from laughing. Like, I was laughing so hard after. It was like actually howling with laughter. Yeah, I remember. I remember the person next to me, like, actually sort of looking at me out the corner of their eyes, like, "You all right?" Yeah. But then, but then at full time, leaving the ground, everyone was just just cracking up with laughter. It was. Yeah, it was. Two so I've just remembered tremendous. as we've been speaking, by the way, is the McBurney dance at Everton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, at Everton. Oh, God, in the warm up. Yeah, when, when he's like. <laughs> oh, no, that's another one. Forgot about that one as well. McBurney in the warm up against Burnley when he's doing some sort of thrusting action. <laughs> yeah, it's best not to dig too <laughs> into too yeah. much detail as to what yeah, he was talking about. about but I mean, the, uh, do you know when he forgot about the Black Lives Matter? Neil thing. <laughs> Yes. And he sort of runs in the offense. and there's like a bit of a breakdown. And uh, the commentator <laughs> away at Palace when he went, oh, it's a penalty. Oh, yeah, it was a goal kick. <laughs> but it was just obviously a goal. Referee just points and goes, oh, it's a penalty. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, with that surprise tone of his voice, like, what on earth is the referee giving a penalty yeah, for? Yeah, love that. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was great. But, yeah, the uh, the disallowed Snodgrass goal is definitely up there. Uh, where where to next? Uh, should we do the, the, the biggest regret? Yeah, uh, where is this for me? Um, not scoring against Liverpool or Man City Great, is a yeah. source of regret for me. Like I think, yeah, very uh, possibly the only teams we didn't score against this season. I'm just looking. Oh, Newcastle's another one. Obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we had chances in those games, didn't we? Against uh, not the second game against Liverpool, and less so the second game against Man City, but. Yeah, I, f- I felt like we deserved at least a goal in one of those games. So that is a bit of a regret for me, that one. How about you? Not turning up against Leicester were a massive regret. I think if we'd have won that game or give ourselves a... If we'd have just put in a United performance, we could have maybe picked something up. Leaves for, I'm not saying we got into Europe, but it would have been a really exciting end to the season. I think that just stopped us in its tracks. After that that four win, uh, sorry, three wins and a draw spell against you know the top ten in Wolves, Tottenham, uh, Chelsea and Burnley... You were all on a high, like, oh, Leicester next, you know, there. And then we just didn't turn up. And that was really disappointing. Uh, re- yeah. Regret that we didn't put his thing into there. But for me, it's just not being there for McGoldrick's second goal, as you said earlier, yeah. um, against Chelsea in front of the cop. I think that would have been a wonderful moment. Yeah, that's definitely it. Definitely up there. Um, and Egan's last minute winner against Wolves as well, not being there for that. Yeah, I think I've conflated biggest disappointment into biggest regret as well. But yeah. I, think it, I think it still works. So I've got. I think maybe none of our headline signings like truly making a big impact. Mm, you know, yeah. I think I think had our first eleven from last season not been as good as they have been, then we would have seen a lot more of people like uh, Freeman, yeah. Callum Robinson, etc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think none of them making a, a huge impact uh, is a little bit of a disappointment. Particularly Callum Robinson, if only for making me look stupid in my preseason predictions, <laughs> which we will get to. So. Yeah. That's up there. My, my ultimate, bi- ultimate biggest regret or biggest disappointment is losing both games to Newcastle. I mean, oh yes, FFS. I just, I just have no idea how that happened. No. It's, it's, that'll haunt me to my dying day. I think losing to that terrible Steve Bruce managed <laughs> team. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? We've almost got. Through I think the only one left that I've got here is the five small moments that you may have forgot. 
Oh yeah, that's oh, no, right. So this... Biggie surprise as well. Sorry. Yeah, let's tick this one off quickly. I had I had Mark Duffy leaving as uh, one of my biggest surprises, but um, my actual nominee was uh, signing Sander Berger slash yeah. breaking our transfer record five times. That's not my number one, but that was yeah. Inc- that's in my my uh, nominations. That was just I still don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but just generally to go from like we haven't got any money, we're not signing anyone to. We just broke our transfer record for Callum Robinson. We just broke our transfer record again for Luke Freeman. Yeah. We just broke it again for Lise Mousset and for McBurney. And then in January, here's Sander Berger, one of the most... I mean, let's remember with Berger, like Man United fans thought they were signing him and they were all excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he comes to us. Yeah, that, I just I didn't see that come in, that we would spend that much money this season mm. at all. And, and on yeah, I know, you know, I know a couple of those players haven't really made an impact for us this season. Not to say they won't in the future. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. At the same time, they felt like investments of like, we'll get our money back for them, even if they completely bomb. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, a, a season I never, a transfer expenditure I never expected to see from United, mm-hmm. ever. So yeah, that was amazing. How about you? The, another couple that stand out for me for that is the pundits loving us. That were a massive surprise. Mm. And I mean, like sort of genuinely like raving about us. Uh, that that were incredible. Uh Moussa being absolutely amazing, or, or how it seemed. Do you remember when we signed him? We were saying like he's going to be our fifth choice striker, and yeah, then as soon as he started playing, it's like this is—he's the best striker in Europe. Like, <laughs> where have we got this man from? But my biggest surprise was—it uh, has to be John Lundstrom in those early, the first half mm. of the season. He's dropped off massively, obviously, but those first few months up to about November, it was just box to box, goal threat, fittest man in the team, brilliant passing with both feet. You know, I remember looking at the S2 board like before the season and nobody wanted him in, including myself. I was like, oh, what are we doing? I think we mentioned it. So Yeah, we did. Yeah. I, in fact, I think, I think before kickoff in that first game, I think I remember messaging you being like, I can't believe what he's actually it? playing. Yeah. And then by November, he's like the most talked about midfielder in England. Uh, in world football yeah, at that point. Yeah, fantasy, fantasy football thing, But that was the biggest surprise for me. I mean, I, I I didn't mind him as a squad player at all. It's fine being in the 25. For him to start, like, oh. And then he was like for a very short period. But, you know, probably our most important player for a little bit. I think if the season had ended in November, he'd have been up there for the Player of the Season award. Yeah, absolutely. On a, on a similar note... Um, I was surprised how well Ben Osborne and Jack Robinson have done filling in. I mean, I know we lost two of the games that yeah. uh, Robinson particularly played, but I thought he looked uh, looked pretty decent to be honest. Particularly, I think against Arsenal in the FA Cup was probably probably his uh, his best performance. Yeah, and, like yeah, filling yeah, yeah. in. But you know, for someone that was like not wanted by, well, I guess neither of them were wanted by Forrest to be honest with it. No, um, no, no. Well, Osborne. There's a good quote from the View from actually where a Forest fan said, "Rubbish reserves left uh, left." Left back, yeah. Take our money, Sheffield United. <laughs> yeah, um, Osborne. Uh, I think probably the most surprising, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the fact he just dropped into midfield so easily and was just like his fitness levels. It was absolutely perfect yeah. for those games against Spurs and um, Spurs and Chelsea, particularly. I think, but a brilliant run to replace Fleck. Who by that point, you know, I was still very much of the mind he is Fleck is like one of our two most important yeah, players. Yeah, I would yeah. say. Um, so yeah, that was really good, and I think I think just generally, I mean, you kind of alluded to it with Musa, really, but biggest surprise was just how good we were. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think honestly, this season we confounded all but the most optimistic of Blades fans. You know, the few of them out there that have you know put a bet on us to get in the Champions League or said we might be challenging for Europe and stuff like. Surely, the vast majority thought we would be at the absolute best, mm-hmm. a sort of lower mid-table team. 
Um, and I know we, you know, we finished ninth and not sixth or anything like that, but we were clearly a very good team this season. Yeah. And our res- results, well, results and points total go to show that. So, yeah, that was uh, definitely a big surprise for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's t- actually just a couple more to tick off. Who? What is your top three manager of the year? Top three. I think Klopp deserves to win it. He won the league. We we didn't get in Europe, so I think it's a fantastic achievement from Klopp. I think Wilder's definitely second, and I think Dyche third. I've got the same three. Dyche perpetually underrated, and I see Burnley are already uh, one of the favourites for relegation next yeah, year as well. Uh, um, the thing I so obviously I've got my United hat on here, but does Klopp? Get us to ninth in the Premier League. I don't this know if season. you can judge a manager of the year on that. I don't know if you could just take. You should take it sort of who's done the best this year or what they've been given. And I don't think Klopp could have done much more. True. I think Liverpool still win the league if Wilder's manager though. Yeah, they'd never lose every win. <laughs> Thirty-eight wins. The, well, they wouldn't have dropped off at the end of the season for starters. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get why. Obviously, the LMA have voted for. Uh, Klopp with Wilder second, yeah. um, but I, I mean, I, I reckon, yeah, I reckon if we finish seventh, I think he does win the award. Wilder, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if but, we get in Europe, then he wins it. I just think because we didn't, I think you've got to get someone who he, he has won something. I will not argue too much about that. Um, yeah, let's let's move on to. Uh, we're going to call this the Dem Blades Award, actually, sponsored by the Dem Blades fanzine, and this is this is small moments from this season that you might have forgot, just like the Demblades fanzine, trying to pick out something that you might not remember and you definitely should. Um, yeah, I've got a few a few ones for this. Do you want to get Yeah, I've got to you, have you got five? One, two, I have got five. I haven't particularly ordered them. Oh, right, fair enough. So, you do one so let's rattle them off and we'll pick one. Uh, one of mine is uh, everyone thinking we needed 60 points to stay up. <laughs> every time <laughs> every time someone below, below us won a game. So like Villa have won a game, oh no. We're going to, it's going it went to be 60, up five 70, points. 80 points this season to stay <laughs> did, did you see uh, a, a serious football journalist? I think it was Miguel Delaney. I'm not sure if he was being serious, but he suggested uh, about two weeks ago that um, you should, it should be like a cut in golf where if you don't get 40 points, you get relegated. Wow. That's so you end up with like <laughs> nine, nine teams a season going down. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's a good one. Uh, Henderson saving from Cantwell at Norwich to preserve a 2-1 lead when it would almost certainly have been a 2-all draw had he not made this save. And it was a fantastic save by them. Probably he made a uh, he made an even better bit of goalkeeping, I guess, in the home game. But I would say as an actual one-off save, I think this was probably his best one of yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and a goal to cross the line after that as well. A lot of people forget about that, but... Yeah, but this one, this one at Norwich is what I'm talking about. Oh, sorry, cool, sorry, yeah, can't. Um, sorry, yeah. But I just want to emphasize this: if we draw that game two all, then suddenly we've uh, drawn a game at Spurs that we should have won. We've drawn a game against Manchester United that we should have won. We've drawn a game against Wolves that we should have won, and we've lost two 0 at home to Norwich, and then we've drawn a game at Norwich. We sh- excuse Newcastle. Me, we lost two 0 at home to Newcastle, yeah. and then we've drawn a game against Norwich that we should have won, and that then becomes a crisis in points. United fans. <laughs> United it fans does. Fans. It does. It, be- it becomes four points from five games where we should have had like you know probably probably. 10 or 12, yeah. something like that, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. I mean, even that Newcastle game, we should have won that game and lose it 2-0. So I think that was a huge moment and really, yeah, just 
it's really important for us to get those three points off the back of that Newcastle disappointment for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what else have you got? Uh, I've got Bessie just tackle on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> tackle in huge inverted commas. Absolutely loved it. I loved the outrage it brought from the Man City fans. As he did it, I went, oh, open mouthed. <laughs> just like, wow, what's he doing? Wasn't it like. Wasn't it like Laporte's first game back yeah, from injury? Yeah, first game well? back from injury for like, what, three or four months or something. He's like, bang, straight. He could have easily been sent off. Ridiculous <laughs> tackle, but something to remember at least. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, we've sort of touched on it already, but uh, uh, flex first against Villa, but particularly um, Basham's back heel to set this up. Yes. Set, overlapping centre-back with the cheeky back heel through ball at, on the edge of um, Villa's penalty area and then Lundstrom's centre Actually, it's the second goal. Is it? No, it's, no, it's the, the first one. It's the first one, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, gets centred for uh, for Fleck to sweep into the goal. Yeah, oh, just amazing. That There's little things like that that is why Basham's my uh, yeah. player of the year. Well, my so, next one's sure. actually Basham as well. It's the, uh, he's behind you. You're against Palace. Oh, yeah, that was great. That, that second, first home game of the season where... I don't know, is it, who's got the ball? It's not Zahar. I think it might be Townsend. Townsend, yeah. And um, he, he has no idea that Basham's behind him and he just comes running behind him, takes it on. Oh, yes! Everyone's cheering like it's a, like it's a goal. <laughs> I feel like he fists, but he clears it and then like, there's a fist yeah, bump a to fist the crowd. To the fa- yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, that was great. Um, Ender Stevens' nutmeg machine. Yes. Do you remember the first few months of the season? He just, he just made everyone look like an idiot. It was like... It was just a game-by-game game occurrence. It's like, Ender's got the ball. Like He's going to nutmeg someone. I mean, he did it uh, in the lead-up to Chelsea. I feel yeah. like he did it uh, against Palace. I remember doing like a 360 as well, and then yeah, nutmegging yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, he was... I mean, he looked like our most skilled player at that point, did, to be honest. I said, actually, at the Everton home game after lockdown, he nutmegged... I don't know if you remember this. He, he, he made another nutmeg. And I'm like, he's hmm. back. And then he immediately gave away because he's not. <laughs> <laughs> It was short-lived. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? Uh, I've got Basham again. Uh, <laughs> it's just Basham, Basham hour. Uh, Basham again, <laughs> you've already mentioned it, his run against City, where he takes like about £300, pounds, £300 million pounds for players on. <laughs> yeah, so good, isn't it? Just, just a really uh, good run. And a good ball, I think Moose is like. He's, he's not, on his heels. Yeah, bit. he's like, he's not going to pass. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we picked it up in his own half and just... Yeah, you're right. It just slaloms away from all these. We are trying to tackle him. Yeah, I think it's like yeah, might, yeah. might not be like um, it might be like David Silver. Imagine if it had shot and it had gone in. Oh, <laughs> that, that would definitely have been goal of the yeah. season. Um, do you remember uh, Andrew Sermon of Bournemouth starting on Wilder? Oh yeah, the home game. Gosh, yeah, and Alan Nils laughing. Yeah, yeah. Just there was so many good things about it. I can't even remember how it came about, but Sermon basically Probably got right in Wilder's diving, face. I thought. <laughs> yeah, most likely. And you got Wilder yelling at him, "Who are you bleeping, pushing?" You know, you can see so yeah. clearly what he's saying. Sermon very quickly backing off, and McBurney's coming like charging in with a big grin on his face, like, "Yes, I can't wait to get stuck into this." Yeah, it was so good. And then Neil just stood there, yeah, looking like he was having the absolute. Best time in the world, just stood in the background. That was uh, yeah. that was delightful for sure. Um, Any more? Yeah, Norwood's pass against Palace. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah, to ball. Oh, what it. a pass! It's like the one he did yeah. against Wednesday, like but in the Premier mm. League. That's like it's just against Wednesday, so you don't really count. But <laughs> this this <laughs> one is like the first home game again on Sky, and he puts amazing like passing. And again, I think it's another bit of a. These are players who can play. These are not just an old warm-up team where you boot it anywhere. Um, yeah. I, well, love love that pass. I love Norwood. When Norwood's passes come off, 
oh, there's not a finer sight in football. It's very, very true, yeah. Um, my my final one is uh, John Egan making a tackle with his head against Liverpool. I had that, yeah, I did game. have that, yeah. He, he, I think he slips, doesn't he? Uh, and he still makes the tackle yeah. by basically doing a diving header while he's laid down. <laughs> Tremendous effort, Brilliant. really like that. Any uh, any others? Uh, that's it off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure he can get one from sort of every game. I remember like... Yeah, uh, true. Uh, against Watford where Henderson pulls a good save off and then sort of kisses his glove to the DOA fan through the other end. Can you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lo- absolutely loads of like sort of moments which yeah, I'm sure, like I said, could pick one out for every game. Yeah, indeed. In fact, there's, there's so many I'm, I'm struggling to pick a winner. There were all there were all small moments that also had big impact. <laughs> so I think we'll uh, just, just do the, the cheat answer and just say they're all, all the winner. Yeah. So that one, is, uh, that one is the Den Blades Award for uh, small things you might have forgotten this season. Do not forget to uh, check out and order your copy of the Denblades fanzine at denblades.co.uk. Um, right, let's uh, let us move along. Um, do you want to quickly do a best and worst pundit? Worst is going to take me hours, but <laughs> <laughs> I think the worst pundit in terms of the match we're watching has got to be Steve McManaman against Arsenal. Oh god, I forgot about just that. Just absolutely stupid, really. Just coming out with absolute nonsense. Just like you said, I think at the time, like basically his advice was just be better, just yes. score, just score a goal. But we've had loads, haven't we? Golf crooks talking nonsense, which we all know about. Ashley mm. called in the first game against Palace, really disparaging about. Has he changed his tune? To be fair, from later on in the season, Steve Nichol, mm. another idiot, and uh, Danny Mills just talking nonsense, and then. So, best thing about Danny Mills was halfway through the season he started saying well a lot of pundits wrote him off like, yeah you were one of them <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got Adrian Durham down but not he, he doesn't believe half the things no, he, he does so, so, I mean, no, he's a year on TalkSport he said that he was the one who spurred us on this season oh no so I've, I've got his quote I nicked it from your, your view from so this is what he said before the season Sheffield United are going down they're not even taking the Premier League seriously they're still picking up Billy Sharp, and as much as I love Billy Sharp, great record, absolute legend, da, 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 he is League One. He's not good enough for the Premier League, and with the greatest respect, it's all sentimental bull that Sheffield United are hoping will take them through to 17th in the Premier League. And then I think I think within like a few months, he was like claiming that this was all a joke and he didn't mean it seriously. Yeah. As you say, that like, <clears throat> this has spurred him on and stuff. He also said, he goes, yeah, it's all, it's all good fun, but when they're getting less points than Huddersfields... And I, I don't know why it annoyed me that Huddersfields. It's not that's not the thing. <laughs> and then uh, after that, Jason couldn't be saying, "Well, you know, the the struggle got four at the back." No, just if you're not, if you don't know, just don't speak. <laughs> exactly. Golf Crooks definitely deserves a mention for the uh, the basic football comment. And then even to throughout uh, the thing, he, he just could not get his head around how we were getting results. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought I'd copied that quote, but yeah, it was it it was like a sort of. It's a mystery to me how they keep winning games, but something's working. It's like, well, maybe we're really good. <laughs> you know, just yeah. Maybe actually watch us a bit more. One of my um, favourite quotes of the season was actually Daddy Mills, where after lockdown, and he said, Villa have been awful this season, really bad, and I think they might go down. Sheffield United have been fantastic on the other hand. Going for Champions League, won't be surprised if they get in Europe. 2 1 Villa. <laughs> what? <laughs> just conclusions. Like, you can't end <laughs> with that. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, but my my pick is Steve Nichol just for just for this quote, um, which is truly tremendous. And I'm going to give it in its entirety. You do the accent? I, <laughs> <laughs> certainly not. I don't think it's a difficult decision to uh, to pick them for relegation as he was doing. If you're going to have your centre backs turning up in the opposition's box in the Premier League, you're going to get annihilated. 
I would. This is this is why I pick him. This bit right here. I would say there are three managers who are in danger. I think the obvious one is Chris Wilder at Sheffield United. Teams that come up as soon as they realise they're in big trouble, the first thing they do is change the manager. Now, if we were bottom with zero points after 20 games, we are not changing the no. manager. That is just... It was so wildly wrong. It's just like, yeah, I mean, do you know what annoys me? It's the little amount of like, sort of research that's gone into it. I don't... I, I'm just astonished you would think that even with zero research, to be honest. So, yeah, that that's it for me. What about you? What about your best pundit? I actually struggled a bit with this. Um... It turns out most pundits in the Premier League are pretty terrible, and the, yeah, the I, championship. It never commented on any of our games, but I absolutely adore Roy Keane just 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 as an entertainment. <laughs> I'm not, I don't even agree with half of what he says, but just for entertainment, I'd love him to comment on one of our games one day, just to see who picks out who he hates. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to play Man United again. Uh, next Jose season, Mourinho, I guess, when he was a pundit, was really oh, really yeah. Pundit. Uh, he wasn't but, very respectful of us, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was the only one who mentioned us when people talk about us being the team of the season, and he was the only one who mentioned Sheffield United. Jermaine Jean has picked mm. us up all season, seemed to know what we're about, I thought, uh, mm. on, on the whole. But I think the best two were Carragher and Neville, to be completely honest. I think Car- yeah, I've, Carragher in particular did a really nice, detailed analysis of Brazil in this season. I think it would have to have beat Arsenal and sort of pointed out yeah. exactly what we did. And, and, exactly what, and he, he just got it. You know, you could tell he knows his football. Yeah, I um I I've got Car- I, I haven't picked a number one, but yeah, Carragher's on my list as well. I really liked. I think it was, I think it was the West Ham game that was Friday night mm. football, wasn't it? Yeah, um, they're in the chip right. before him and Neville. Exactly that, and I th- you know I know that's obviously their their job was to go and do a bit in the chippy, but it it was good. It was a good section, you know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just like the sort of uh, you know cringy is your South Yorkshire Steel City stereotype. It actually. Yeah, it actually worked as a bit of colour, I thought. And yeah, definitely is a good one. And they sang Booty Song, didn't they, at the end of the episode as well? <laughs> That's right, yeah. I really like Micah Richards. Oh, oh um, I can't believe I forgot him. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I I, I love the enthusiasm. And uh, yeah, I do feel like he's brought quite a bit of insight as well. You need Roy Keane think... and Micah Richards on every show, I reckon. Yeah, they, that should be like a, a buddy cop show, really, shouldn't it? <laughs> just them like deconstructing one. staying up and Keane just shaking his head. Genuinely seems furious. And like Michael Richards, like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was tremendous for sure. I feel like I was going to say something there, but oh yeah, yeah, that was it. Just just with Richards, like, um, oh god, who was it? I was talking about Adama Traore. Um, you mentioned it. He played with him at um, yeah. uh, at, at Villa, right? Yeah. yeah. And this just made me think at the time. I was like, yeah, here's a pundit who not only has you know enthusiasm and insight, um, but but actually has relevant insight. I mean, yeah. I think the comparison was with Sunis, who I've not got any particular beef with, but I don't think Sunis has managed since like 95 or something like that. I, which is... I don't mind Sunis, but I do think he's a little bit past his sell-by date, personally, it's as just... a pundit. I think Lawrence is the it's... same as well. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, Sunis, like, he's fine, but it's like he he hasn't had any direct experience of football uh, in its current guise, like football is incredibly different now. I mean, it was incredibly different ten years ago to what it yeah. was in '95 or '96. Like, you know, it's completely different game now. Yeah. For mind, like different business or industry or whatever. So, yeah, I think like Michael Richards, like they just find more people like him who yeah. a look like they're enjoying it, <laughs> b know what they're talking about, and c have relevant. Oh, and Audrey's were all right on BT actually after the hmm. Bournemouth game. I think it was. Uh, I think it was Bournemouth. Were it Bournemouth anyway? And he he, were, he, were, he seemed to know his stuff as well. To be fair, but I, I ain't seen enough of him to to give him a you know to, to mention him in this. But 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, uh, we're we're moving towards the end of. In fact, I think we've we've kind of done awards now. I did want to um, pick uh, Premier League opposition eleven, so we'll run through this quickly. I think. Um, so this is this is based purely on performances in games against United, um, and I'm, I find this quite difficult actually uh-huh. because I don't. I, I, there's very few players I'd say who have had two good games against. I really struggle with the two good games thing. There's a couple in here that are just one good game, really. Yeah, so I, I think we're gonna. I think we'll have a lot of um, divergence. What tactics have you gone for? Uh, I basically made a formation that fit the players like all good managers <laughs> yeah. should um, I've, I've, en- I've ended up 4-3-3 yes I've got 4-3-3 so this could work ok cool I reckon we'll have the same goalkeeper go ahead I'll let you pronounce it it's the Newcastle lad <laughs> it's not even that the hard Debrusca 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 yeah him <laughs> yeah abs- absolutely tremendous in the home game particularly yeah. and we uh, gave him he had a very quiet game in the uh, the second second game obviously yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's a, a pretty clear win I imagine the vast majority of Blades fans will be picking him for sure um, give give me a defence well at right back I've got Doherty at Wolves who mm. I think is one of the few people this season who've got the better of Ender Stevens possibly in both games yeah certainly certainly in the first game uh, yeah and then yeah I thought he was uh I thought it was a bit more even the second time round, but yeah, that's a good show. I've gone for um, Ricardo Pereira of Leicester, yeah. uh, who, who only played once against us this season, the the home game against Leicester, uh, against Leicester obviously. Yeah. Um, but one of the very, very few times that Stevens was completely shut down as an attacking threat and also had his handful uh, with Pereira coming the other way as well. So yeah, Doherty's on my shortlist. I had uh, Alexander-Arnold as well, but I feel like he wasn't very good at Bramall Lane. I thought like, he was really poor at Bramall Not poor, yeah. but by his standards, poor at Bramall Lane. A lot of mishit passes and crosses in that game, I thought, and then yeah. obviously much better in the uh, return game, but we've kind of made it easy for him. It's probably yeah. the easiest game he'll have all season, but yeah, good shout. All right, do you want to do left-back? Left-back, I went for uh, Andy Robertson, actually, at Liverpool. I think there's been... Mm. I don't think anyone's really stood out for me in that position. Uh, you might mm. pick someone that I forgot about, but I, I'm struggling more than any other area with this one, and I think he's just been solid against his yeah. games, to be fair. Uh, yeah, I think that is fair. Robertson was in my mind. I went for uh, Saka of Arsenal. Who... I, I thought about that, actually, yeah, to, from the cup game. Uh, well, I thought in both league games as well. Yeah. The first one, not a huge impact at Bramall Lane. Probably the most impactful thing he did was diving for a penalty and yeah. being booked. But I thought he was really good in the away game. Obviously, set up the uh, Arsenal's first goal, and um, I, I just, I actually just really like him as a footballer. I think he's uh, got got a well. It's probably not hot take at this point because everyone's kind of aware of how good he is. But yeah, I just think he's uh, he's really good and was probably the best left back we faced this season. Um, I'm sure we will both have Virgil van Dijk at the we, heart of yes, this defence. Yes, that that would be um, the standout performance of the season, I thought, at Bramall Lane. I would say so, yeah. And I think we said this at the time, but one of the best performances I've ever seen from a central defender. Yeah. It, was, it was almost a privilege to see it in person, to be honest. Like, just absolute physical dominance but then the reading of the, like the amount of the amount of goals he probably stopped or it was like he just cut out across like he read someone's run to the near post it was mm. it was tremendous it's like um, he run he just sort of always just in the right place yeah what what a signing he was and uh, yeah I mean I, I, Jordan Henderson's uh, he was the football writers player of the year but I, I'd have four or five Liverpool players ahead of Henderson and Virgil van Dijk would definitely be uh, be one of them Um Who's your other centre back? I'm really curious of this. 
Uh, I've gone for Cabasele at Watford. Hmm, okay. Uh, I think in both games, the first game against them away, we had no chance of breaking them down, did we? Mm. Yeah, like they, they never really troubled at all. And then, and then the home game as well, I thought he played well. He's not obviously the most sort of uh, exotic player or whatever mm. you want to call it. But yeah, I thought he's been, he was solid in both games, actually. Yeah, that's a good shout. I'd not considered him, but yeah, really, really good shout. I went for um, I went for the other Liverpool central defender in in absence of thinking of anyone else. And that is uh, Joel Matip, who actually only played about nine games this season, and unfortunately, mm. unfortunately, uh, <laughs> we were on the end of one of them. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought you know, as good as Van Dijk was, I really didn't think Matip was much further behind in this one. To the point where a couple of times you were like. Oh, blooming Van Dyke's in it again. Oh wait, actually, it was uh, it was Matip instead covering for him. Um, yeah, I thought he was just fantastic in that game. Really, really impressed with him. I, I, and to be honest, I I didn't think he was particularly good before seeing him in that game. I think he had a good start to the season, then got injured. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Ended up with like a uh, Gomez and Lovren and stuff like that playing instead, which is uh, well, particularly with uh, Lovren's not not ideal, is it? Um, so you've also gone for a three-man midfield, I have right? For a three-man midfield, one of them is Ndidi at Leicester. Yep, I've got him in this as well. Good. I mean, obviously, I didn't go to the own games. So I didn't see him in that one, but I thought in the away fixture, he just ran the show. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, again, one of the best individual performances I've seen. Yeah. Uh, in the last couple of years, I think from yeah from one player. Um, I went with his Leicester teammate Hamza Chowdhury in this one because mm. he was tremendous in that Leicester game. He didn't get to. Yeah. Like, Every loose ball seemed to fall to him, and it was obviously a game we were chasing for a lot of it. Yeah, I remember you and Jay raving about it. I were on holiday, and I remember listening to the podcast, what you and Jay did for that game, and I remember you both raving about him in that match. Yeah, really good. I feel like he's... I don't know, I thought of... Excuse me, I sort of thought he would have a bigger impact in the rest of the season, but, yeah, he's not been in the team quite as much, so... Yeah, I thought he'd. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see where his career goes. Obviously, very young. I think he's only 20. He's, he's obviously in the uh, part of the England, yeah. England under 21 setup as well. Um, but yeah, I thought he was excellent. Uh, I imagine your third midfielder is the same person I've picked. So I've got ahead. two. I've got still got two to go. Um, one of them is De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, have you got him yourself? I have. Yes. Yeah, he I think tremendous. He, he well, he scored one and set two up out of the three goals. The, oh, I actually, I actually forgot he scored one, yeah. Yeah, um, out of the three just... goals City scored against us, he had a hand in all of them, so I think he deserves to be in there. And my last pick is uh, our friend Snodgrass. <laughs> yeah, Snodgrass is my uh, next man up. Yeah, go on, tell, yeah. tell the people just, about Robert just, Snodgrass. just annoying, and he just always scores. <laughs> scored, I mean, he, he would have scored two goals against us, and he hardly ever played. I don't even know where he is. Where is he, where is he at the moment? He hasn't been playing for West Ham, has he, recently? No, I guess maybe his contract is expiring. Get him in. Let's get him yeah. in. Well, we jokingly said about that, didn't we? Should we just should we just sign him to stop him being yeah. amazing against I, us? Like... I, I really, really do believe when he came on again, he whipped some amazing free kicks in, didn't he? Oh, I they they had like I think his first touch was a free kick uh, that uh, went in our net and was disallowed. Yeah, um, he had yeah, another yeah. one that um, what's his name Haller I think headed headed over a wide and then obviously scored the goal himself. And he was really good at their ground as well. Uh, was, he's yeah. got, scored again against us there, so yeah, he's got I think Stoggrass in there for me. Yeah, yeah, he is contracted to West Ham until twenty twenty one, so we'll see. He's getting on a bit. What is he thirty? You are. Yeah, it's got to be at least surely. Sign him up. I don't care. He's thirty two. Get him signed. Get him signed. Get him in. Yeah. Um, nice. All right. Front three then. Have you got? Yes. I've got. I've gone for this purely because I think I had two scored the most goals against us. It's Martial at Manu. Okay, I, th- I thought about that. I don't. Did he not 
play against us in the first game. He I did, he didn't do anything, so I'm basically... Right. I just felt it would be a bit harsh to leave him out after he got a hat-trick against us, that's all. Yeah, I, I get the logic. He didn't quite make the cut for me. Yeah. Um, I uh, Well, I'm, I'm going to guess that we have two of these the same, so the one that I think will be different is Sadio Mane. I didn't obviously... have him, he was on my shortlist, but I, I went for Martial above him, yeah. Yeah, I think Mane's just tremendous. I mean, he missed some chances in the home game. Yeah. Uh, I think possibly the away game as well, but he's... Oh, what a player he is. Yeah, I mean, this is yeah. why I get a bit annoyed about Jordan Henderson winning play of the year, because it's like, just, like, come on, look at Mane. He is amazing. Henderson's really only won the rightest player, aren't he, so far? Yeah, that's right. Although a lot of... I feel like people have been talking about him winning the... Whatever the main award is for a while, which <sighs> I think is insane. Not. Yeah. Who else you got? Sent Maximam. Yes, I have as well. Let's hope with this Newcastle takeover falling through, someone comes in and buys him. So Why not others get a yeah. bid in now? Yeah, I think he's really, really good. I think he's massive, so big for Newcastle as a player. I think without him, they're even worse. <laughs> yeah, that would have been an interesting drop-off without him. Obviously scored uh, two goals against us. I think he had a... He was he was better against us at St James's Park, I think. I think yeah. we did a reasonable job of keeping him quiet. I know he's still scored at Bramall Lane, but yeah, yeah he's, he's tremendous. And then the other one I've gone for, I'm guessing you also have, is Jamie Vardy. Uh, I think he, I, I didn't see the home game, but I, he obviously scored under his celebration. And then in the second one, uh, the away game, I just thought it was an absolute menace, weren't he, all afternoon? He was amazing. Yeah, just, I, I mean... Uh, he missed a couple of chances, but he also like created five really good chances for yeah. his teammate. Ah, uh, he's just he's a masterful forward. Like you just got to. I mean, obviously he was the Premier League top scorer this season, but you really just got to tip your hat to him. I think tremendous. Yeah. So um, yeah, good, pretty good team that I would say. All told, put Wilder in charge of that one. I think he's uh, getting more points than uh, old Kloppo has managed anyway. That would be yeah. my guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. One one final thing. Um, before we quickly run through our predictions to finish off. So I guess it makes sense that this is a long podcast. It's fine. It's a fantastic season. Yeah, people listen to three and a half hours of us talking about um, getting relegated from the Premier League last year. Yeah. <laughs> True. This. Right, this is a, a small, and this will be fairly quick, but I, I, set, I set a small challenge. One word summary for every team in the Premier League this season. And we'll rattle through these in alphabetical order, if that's all right. If yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It. Yep, sounds good. All right, Arsenal, what you got? Delicate. Okay, I've got unreliable. I had that, and I changed it. I changed it because of the diving in the last uh, <laughs> in the cup game. I did have yeah. unreliable. That's good, yeah. Unreliable because they didn't do what I wanted them to do. They yes. were, you know, they, they should have rolled over and let us beat them in the FA Cup. And then uh, they should have beaten Man. They should have lost to Man City, so that we still had a sniff of Europe yeah. with the um, the, the way. I think the they're unreliable, unreliable, just generally. <laughs> I think their own fans yeah. to go along with that, to be honest. So. And then losing to Villa was just unforgivable, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Aston Villa, fortuitous. Yeah, I've said lucky. Yeah, very lucky to stay up with winning nine games and only two of their last fourteen. I mean, I looked at this. They post lockdown, they. Uh, they won the same amount of games as Bournemouth and Watford did. They won two games. They obviously played a game more. It's just they managed yeah. to draw three more games, which is like, you know, big whoop. And uh, obviously yeah. the Hawkeye thing as well is a uh, is a very big deal. Yeah. So yeah, definitely makes sense. What about Bournemouth? Simulation. That's good. Yeah, I've gone aggro just for <laughs> uh, just for winding us up. Like what it did the most annoyed I've been at a team's antics this season and obviously trying to start on Wilder as well so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
simulation is good. Brighton? Really tough, this one. I just put average. I can't really think of anything about Brighton this season. Yeah, I, I just said same. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, that's it. Like, yeah, same, average, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so like I know I know the process has changed, but they only got like, I mean, they got 40 points two seasons ago under mm-hmm. um, Hewton. It's yeah. like, you know, you were in a, you were still in a relegation fight until like the last it's, three games. I should have just put shrug emoji, to be fair. That's what yeah, I, it, I was heading towards something like shrug. Yeah, well, talking of... <laughs> Talking of memes for uh, for Burnley, I've just got Spider Man, as in the Spider Man pointing at himself gif, because uh, I think that's, that's basically <laughs> it's basically us. That, yeah, yeah, we we that, us and Burnley this season is the Spider Man gif. Um, we we even managed to finish with exactly the same amount of points as Burnley. Which yeah, is like, you know all the all the talk of mutual respect and. You know how they're the model and the most talked about team for us this season. Yeah, that was yeah. all I could think of. It's like, oh, it's us. Yeah, well, I, I put proper for them, really. That I think that's. Love what, it. I think the way they played, there were no diving when we played them or anything like that. So proper for Burnley. Proper. Love it. What about what about Chelsea? Tolerable. Tolerable. That's Just, great. Do you know what I mean? Because like they used to. Everyone used to hate Chelsea, and now I feel mm. like they're just a bit, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I've gone, uh, I've put floor, as in the thing you stand on, mm. to mean um, I think they basically performed to their floor this yeah, season. That's, yeah, in, like that, yeah. As in they had a really good, you know, everyone talks about, oh, Lampard, he's had to play youngsters and transfer banners. It's like, hang about, look at this team. Like and even the youngsters are England international. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, steady on. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think they had an extremely high floor versus uh, versus a team like Arsenal or Spurs, for yeah, example. Yeah, who yeah. I think need to punch slightly above their weight or play to their maximum to get into the top four. So yeah, yeah, that's why any suggestion that Lampard should be in the manager of the year conversation is is beyond laughable. Nonsense. To me. Yep. Uh, Crystal Palace. Old. <laughs> yeah, I've got everything f- about them's old, isn't it? Yeah, I've, even <laughs> from the manager to yeah, the players. Yeah, the manager to yeah. the players to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone for fading. Yeah, for a very similar exact, thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think um, I think it is not damaging to us at all that they are still going to be in the Premier League next season because no. that is a team that is uh, needs a lot of overhaul. Uh, and I, I love Roy Hodgson. I really, really do like him a lot. Um, but yeah, I wonder if he is the man for that overhaul. So yeah, yeah like an old thing, he is fading. They are fading away, I think. Um, Everton? Uh, forgotten. Oh, okay. Uh, what I mean cool. by that is that they were only like 80s, they were winning titles. And now if you say name 20 Premier League teams, they're probably coming in about 15, 16, <laughs> something like that, the, the teams that yeah. stand out. They've just sort of done nothing for years. Yeah, very true. I've gone for mess. Yeah, I just think they are, yeah, I just yeah, think they are yeah. a mess. Like, yeah. you know, they they don't see, even under Ancelotti, who obviously is a tremendous manager. Like, they don't seem to have any real idea what they're doing. Like, I follow a few Everton fans on on Twitter and um, uh, like uh, football analysts who are Everton fans, and they're just like every week they're like, "What is this team? Like, there's no structure to this whatsoever. I don't understand what on earth we're trying to do." And they've been pretty average all season and. Yeah, I don't. I don't. We're amazed on the view from that some of their fans thought they they were going to be challenging top six next season, like being serious. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I will. I'll be surprised if they finish top half next season. Yeah, I will. When they've got a good manager, that's the good thing going for him. I do like Ancelotti, but is it enough? Yeah, I think they'll be right around where they are mm. at the moment. Uh, Leicester, I've gone for watchable. 
felt yeah. they were like the uh, you know the people's champion for most of the season. Uh, yeah, I put slipped because I just think they were in there mm. all season. Then it, it was the final day that they actually fell out. Yeah, if they'd beaten Man U, yeah, they'd mm-hmm. have stayed. They'd have stayed in the Champions League. Obviously, finished. Uh, finished fifth in the end. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. the top four all season, weren't they? Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Liverpool champions. I don't know what else you can say. I've just put finally. <laughs> finally, very yeah. good. Yeah, that'll go down well. What about Man City? I went for precious, just due to the view from them and their uh, their absolute outrage that we dare tackle them. <laughs> yeah, similar. I've gone grumpy for yeah, basically the yeah. same thing. Yeah, and just I think also. Even the away game, there was a lot of like, oh, these are just Stoke Mark Two, and you know, just like almost like, are you guys even watching the game? Like, did you yeah. just look at the final score? Yeah, I agree. Grumpy, uh, maybe not so much on the pitch. Although I remember a few of them at the lane were a bit, uh, yeah, uppity. I think, but yeah, yeah. Man, what about Man United? I went for Fernandez. <laughs> exactly the same. Yes. Yeah, they just changed the season, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a lovely run of fixtures, as we talked about uh, in our. Uh, pre-resumption podcast that it was very feasible they would like win seven or eight games in a row with the games they got coming up. But yeah, Fernandez has absolutely transformed that team. Yeah, I, I I don't see how they finish top four if they don't sign him. I mean, easily the signing of the season. He only yeah. played half of it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Newcastle. I've nicked your uh, word here, voodoo. Voodoo, that's good. Yeah, I've just got how. <laughs> Like that, how? Yeah. How? They were terrible. Yeah. They were like they're just like last in almost every metric you can use. Like all the advanced stats hate them. They're like bottom for expected yeah. goals, one of the worst defences. You know, they don't take many shots. They have the highest proportion of uh, shots that come from open play, I think. They're just a poor team with a poor manager. And again, like that's another one that I look at and go, I know they got forty odd points, but I'm absolutely penciling them in for relegation again next season. I don't care that I got that one wrong this season. Well, you've asked straight. the question how, and I've answered it with voodoo. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Uh, what about Norwich? Joke. Yeah, I've got embarrassing. Yeah, I, I, had, I had embarrassing, humiliating, I had it all, and I just went with jokes. I think they have been a massive joke, particularly since I, lockdown. I'm embarrassed they finished ahead of us last season. They really like, are poor. That's how bad they've been this season. Like I didn't really care about not winning the league last year because it never really looked feasible. But no. now it's like, really, these guys finished ahead of us last year. Like, and then you know, almost embarrassed to share a division with them this season. I'm, I'm going to apologise to the one Norwich fan I know listens to this. This isn't personal, so I you know, do apologise. Well, the Norwich is that obviously they didn't get themselves like the biggest chance to survive. They didn't get themselves no any chance. chance to survive. But I think even with the players they've got, they should have. Probably, but this this after lockdown, they scored one goal in ten games. That is just that is as That's bad as you can get. It's repre- that is reprehensible. Well, no like in ten games, <laughs> I feel like you know they should almost it's almost bringing the game into disrepute, isn't it? Like <laughs> what are you doing? Like why are you yeah. not? You're like, like you have good players. You're like they're not a bad side on pay. I think Farkey just totally lost it towards mm. the end. I'm going to watch with interest what happens if they have a slow start next season. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think as you were just kind of touching on there, I mean, I would say at least three of their players will be in the Premier League next season, possibly, yeah. you know, possibly as many as four or five. Yeah, and, you could get Aaron's or Godfrey and uh, Be- Buendia. Yeah, Buendia, Cantwell, yeah, it's maybe Pookie, someone will take a punt on Pookie. And that's what maybe take a punt, I doubt it, but you know. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, embarrassing is, is yeah, and yeah, it's, it was bad. What about, what about the Blades? Stupendous. 
Very good. I've gone for serious, as in you <laughs> took it seriously. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Southampton? Nine. Nine? <laughs> they finished on minus nine. They lost nine. Oh, yes. Just, just, did they are number nine. Like, they, they are the number nine. Come in number nine. That's beautiful, isn't it? Finishing on minus nine. Yeah. After losing one game nine nil. I've gone, uh, it's, it's, I think a hyphenated word is, is one word, right? Yeah, I'll be gone, yeah. Professional copywriter holds his hand up here. That's what I'm going with. In this, my next, uh, my next one is not even a word, so... <laughs> okay, that's good. So Southampton, I've gone role model, as in... Yeah. I think they are the role model club yeah, for us yeah. to hopefully become in the Premier League. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, a <laughs> I'm very curious what your Spurs one is, then. I've just gone Jose'd. Jose'd, I yes. just think they've got the results in a really, 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 really unattractive manner <laughs> mm. and not really improved massively either i've no. got uh i've gone for inevitable as in uh, because it was a one word way of saying this is going to end in tears yeah and it will end in tears i'm going to say november next season is when yeah. Mourinho gets sacked um You're i really like Mourinho. say again that early yeah i don't oh, think i just think they'll have a bad start to next season yeah. um the fans generally don't like him the football's but the football's been pretty bad um and yeah if if the results don't go with it then there's going to be a lot of pressure on i think yeah. so yeah uh watford uh sabotage yeah self-inflicted yeah yeah sabotage is good yeah i mean i don't know what else you can say we talked about it a bit last week didn't we just shooting themselves in the foot i mean they deserve to go down just for that absolutely yeah. unbelievable i read it i haven't had a chance to check this but i read a thing about um earlier that said that they had three managers a year they got promoted as well so this is like a, a thing apparently that um is it Pozzo the owner? yeah yeah that's right yeah um and there's a thing with uh Sanchez Flores who was their second manager this season um yeah. For saying the second that, like, time as well yes yeah saying that he Pozzo was like they're taking notes on him during training and like sticking his beak in that no wonder Pierce like, told him to we are <laughs> yeah but that makes me wonder who's gonna go there next uh, just keep an eye. Carlos Carvalho, he seems the sort of man who would like <laughs> yeah. get down there. <laughs> Warnock, one more job. Oh one yeah, he's both got Middlesbrough full time now, so. Well, for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about West Ham? Soulless, which is not just a <laughs> oh, yeah. nasty little insult at him. I just the, yeah. the talk of when everyone went to the London Stadium earlier in the season. And I don't think it's any coincidence that their results have massively improved with no fans. I don't think it's really yeah. much difference for him. No, indeed. I've got a premature, mm. in premature celebration. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing I can think of with the with the VAR decision yeah, yeah. at Lane. Settle down, lads. Um, <laughs> Wolves. I've just gone evolution, as in uh, they are the evolved state of uh, Sheffield United in 2019-20. I've just gone Portugal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty fair, isn't it? Just that very, so many Portuguese players. I think they've got the le- le- play less English players than anyone else this season. I think Wolves. Something like the only team that didn't have an English goal scorer, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, it's fine. They've got a Portuguese super agent and a Portuguese yeah, exactly. manager. It's, it's pretty likely. But yeah, spine of that team is very Portuguese, isn't it? With uh, with old uh, Jimenez, Mexican yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on top, I suppose. Yeah, very good. I enjoyed that. That was a good, uh, <laughs> a good way to tick off the season. Um, let's take one more break and then we will run through our predictions and uh, hold our hands up, I suppose, and occasionally pat ourselves on the back as well. 
Quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration, and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers, and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes, and midsoles a deep clean, and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield, and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast, and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Should mention that Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans and they've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers. Or if you have a Wednesday fan in need of cheering up, the Wednesday logo is also available. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair. Give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. Plus, follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Now back to the podcast. All right, we're back for the final part where we're just going to run through our preseason predictions and see uh, see if any were correct by us. I think. Do you know what? I think like a lot of these are sort of the headline. Like if you just jot down what we actually predicted in the end, it doesn't look great. But then I think the logic <laughs> that we said for a lot of these kind of makes sense. If you if you go back and listen to the full thing, then. Maybe yeah. it'll sound better than what we're about to do, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> um, how will Sheffield United do final position? I picked 16th, you picked 17th. Obviously, uh, we finished significantly higher than that, but we both did, obviously, said that we were going to stay up this season. So I think we can give ourselves a tick for that one. You know, I'm sure uh, Well, apparently on the S2 board, I put on the, they did a thing on the, where we finish and I, t- I put 18, so I've uh, edged my bets a little bit there, which I, I completely forgot that I did do that. I certainly wasn't sure that we were going to stay up. I definitely didn't think we were going to finish ninth. <laughs> yeah, so can you remember anything uh, about your logic that uh, made you think we would stay up? Uh, I just said I thought that we'd do uh, well at home, and I thought we were better than the Warnock team who finished, who nearly stayed up, so... Yeah. And I thought it was time uh, that we got a bit of luck going for us. Well, we've had very little luck. And <laughs> yeah, um, the big one for me that I pat myself on the back with was uh, talking about our defence and saying yeah. how great it was the previous season and how important it will be in the Premier League, where we're obviously not going to score as many goals. And you know, talked about as uh, just keeping teams to uh, to zero and one, and that that would give us a good chance. Um, and that there was no reason to think that our defence would particularly crumble in the Premier League because it was the same defence and we got Henderson mm. back and all this. And yeah, I compared it to Norwich and Villa who had like yeah. mid-table defences in the Championship and that that would really harm them, I think. So yeah, yeah. I was I was good with that one. I also said I liked our signings in terms of like addressing areas that worried me. So adding a lot of pace and a lot of skill. And I think... Only Moussa really lived up to that. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll definitely get to a, a particular individual in a moment. Um, and I also said we had the best coach in the country as well. Um, and that yeah, con- you, were, you were nearly right. We were second best. Yeah, as, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, consistently shown at every level that uh, they yeah. can adapt to whatever comes their way. So I was very comfortable saying that we were going to stay up. I was, you know, pretty bullish on that. Even if I went for a, the fairly lowly position of sixteenth in yeah. there. So. 
That was good. Um, just as a side point here, a little a little segue. You asked me when I listened back to this podcast. You asked me, "Is staying up a bigger achievement than getting promoted?" So that was on the eve of last of the season that's just finished, and I um, I didn't have an answer. I said, uh, "We don't know. We'll have to. I'll have to come back to that one." So here we are. We're coming back to it. What do you think? I think what we've achieved this season is definitely more impressive than getting promoted, to be honest. I think it were incredible getting promoted. I think finishing top 10 in the Premier League with the lowest wage bill is just insane. I don't think we'll see anyone do that for a long, long time. Yeah. What about if we'd finish 17th? Well, Maybe uh, let, not. Let me, let me, the... let me uh, adjust that. What about if we'd had the season that Brighton have had? Yeah, yeah I, um, that's a really good question. Uh, I think <laughs> Come back it, to it next season. Yeah, come back to me next season. I think that uh, it's not... I think I maybe big the Premier League up maybe too much in my own head. I think it's at the bottom of the season, there's been some really poor sides. I really do think that. And uh, I'd have been disappointed if we'd have gone down from what I've seen from other teams. Mm. So maybe I wouldn't have said that were a bigger achievement. I think finishing top 10 is definitely a bigger achievement. What about yourself? Yeah, same kind of thing. I think, I think I'm at a Brighton season... I'd have been alright with it I'll be happy with it next season to be fair yeah I would have said that like getting 40 points 41 points whatever it was I would have said that was a bigger achievement than getting promoted Mm -hmm. because um, you know this is a team that's come from League One Uh, we're up against teams with ridiculous budgets generally even Villa had spent an absolute bomb etc I think I don't know the way Villa have stayed up in terms of like the bottom three have just been absolutely atrocious and they managed to win two games against teams that didn't care towards the end of the season. Like, I'm yeah. sure I would absolutely not give a crap about that at all if I was a Villa fan, but mm. I do wonder that then. If that is a bigger achievement than getting promoted, not so sure. Um, <clears throat> top four in order. We were pretty wrong on this, to be honest. Um, in fact, I I somewhat dreadfully said that I thought Man City would win the league by eight or nine points. I thought yeah. <clears throat> I thought Liverpool would not keep up their performances of the previous season. And I think I agreed completely with you with that, to be honest. And I thought Man City would just continue to crush it. Now, Man-, Man City have actually... I think they have the same expected goal difference this season as they did last season, but they've yeah. been flaky. I mean, even at the end of the season, that was only... So how many games did they lose in the end? They lost nine, and we lost... What was it? Where are we? I can't find us. 12. Uh, we, yeah, 12, Which obviously yeah. were the last three games. So yeah. <laughs> with three games to go, we'd lost the same. Yeah, they were flaky. I was really surprised that... I don't, I'm don't. i not going to dismiss Liverpool's achievement because they have been phenomenal and obviously like won almost every game until like the last month or so. Yeah. But I do think it owes a lot to Man City dropping off because I think they... They show like so many times they have the ability to win like four or five nil almost yeah, every game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm more scared playing Man City than Liverpool because I think yes. Man City are relentless. But mm. at the same time, I don't think there's any real chance of. If there were any real chance of us beating Liverpool, which obviously we nearly did in the first game. Yeah. Whereas with City, you're always thinking mm, they give you a chance, you know. Yeah, yeah, but equally they could score. This one annoyed me in retrospect in terms of like, I should have seen this coming. We both picked Spurs for third. Mm. Um, and I think the logic was basically uh, they always finish third now. Yeah. Should have seen the signs of this unravelling. They were pretty yeah. poor from like January onwards last season. It was only really the Champions League that kind of masked it. So in retrospect, yeah, it wasn't surprising they dropped out of it. Um, I think you had Arsenal fourth. 
Yeah, that was a good idea, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Arsenal in fourth. Why did I think that? Emery as manager as well. Yeah. No that... idea why I thought that, but yeah. I, I had Chelsea fourth because of what I said earlier. I thought their floor was higher than a lot of the other teams. I actually did say that I thought Arsenal could have a really bad season and I said Emery will not be their manager uh, within 12 months. So thank you very much. That was, that was, that, yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I got right out of all these predictions. Yeah. Uh, the relegated teams, we both said Norwich um, and we talked about how conservative they've been with transfers and also... Defence being terrible, yep. And uh, whether their attack could sustain that, well, whoa, could their attack not sustain that? Yeah. Atrocious. Um, the other two we we did agree on, but neither of them were right. Both picked Newcastle, and I said, I don't care where Newcastle finished, I'm picking them for the relegation zone next season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, look. We're right to do that still. I think we were both right to pick them still. I, so. I feel absolutely fine about that. I've got my logic here, actually. Benitez had gone. He's a better manager than yeah. Bruce. That's not up for debate. Perez had left. We had no idea what Joel Linton would be like. He was there like standout signing. And as it turns out, he was pretty average. Um, they weren't very good the season before, even with Benitez. Um, yeah, they were a mess off the field. I don't think Bruce is a good manager. Uh, they don't have a long-term plan. The fans will be quick to turn. Yeah, I just I couldn't see it. And somehow... They scrap. I mean, even their own fans think they're rubbish, right? Newcastle? Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before, like, that we... Their first game back were against us, and uh, their fans were like, "Oh, not this again." <laughs> <laughs> really didn't want it to come back because of their uh, because of how bad they've been. But yeah, I think they're all predicting. To, I mean, did you see that their odds have been slashed from five to one to five to two to go down next season straight off? And now they're not signing Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, now they're not signing Mbappe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I said Mbappe. That's really weird. Mbappe. There we go. Mbappe. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't ask me. <laughs> um, this one's just a hold my hands up one. I think Brighton was. In fact, we both said this. Although you were teetering between this and another team, which we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. The logic on Brighton was um, they weren't creative the season before. Uh, they, you know, they've never been a high-scoring team. Potter, good manager, but I thought that Brighton were kind of just on the cusp of going down for the last few years. I thought this could just be what tips them over the edge. I will also say, I thought there was a lot of rumours when we recorded that Dunk was going to leave because yeah. of um, to go to Leicester uh, to replace Maguire. And I yeah. think that might have been a big deal. I, I think my reasoning was that they were known as a bit of a pragmatic directist sort of side under Hewton. And they tried to bring Potter into potable to change their entire philosophy mm. and i thought that might take a while what seemed to happen from what i can gather and you know if the brighton fans listening they might say i'm completely wrong is they, they started off like that i got into a bit of trouble then went far more pragmatic you yeah. know as as you and in a Hewton style which is i ironically how, uh, why they stayed up in the end yeah definitely when they came to bromwell lane that was very much in evidence. oh yeah yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. A five center halves basically when it? it was like damn yeah left wing back they started they, they sort of got rid of the idea of trying to be this brilliant football side halfway through the season, which made them stay up. And now I think with the signing of Lallana, which I'm not, you know, I don't think it's a fantastic signing and stuff like that, but they seem to be putting a bit of money into it. Maybe next season they'll, they'll you know, try and go for it again, this sort of yeah. pot of ball, as they call it. Yeah, right now I definitely wouldn't pick them for relegation next season. No. Um, <clears throat> this is a team where I think you can say they will probably be better next season. I think, yeah, because yeah, we sort of thought with Potter... You know, if he has a bit of a bad start and, you know, if his methods aren't working, as we've seen before with these teams that kind of, you know, they decide to 
uh, move on from their manager because they want to take the next step and suddenly yeah. you know they bottle it basically after uh, after a few months um yeah. yeah so i expect they'll be better next season um we did also say have to pick some teams in trouble so not to go down but to be in trouble we both said villa um so there yeah. you go tick um <laughs> the the team that you were teetering on with brighton was palace yeah a relegation yeah. team I, I think at the time zaha was it looked like Zaha was definitely going to leave, didn't it? He'd handed in a transfer request that very day, yeah. and obviously yeah. didn't leave. Um, yeah, I was. I thought they'd have a bad season. I mean, where did they finish in the end? They finished fourteenth. Forty, yeah, forty-three points. I feel like they should have finished way lower, but I feel they must have got to forty points by like February or something. I remember before lockdown. In fact, after we played them, yes, uh, they went on a run, didn't they? Yeah, after we played them, there were a couple of things on the view from where they were saying, I still expect us to finish above Sheffield United. And that now sounds oh, ludicrous, but they weren't that many points behind us at that point. Well, I think after we possibly after lost to Man U, I think they were only like five points behind us. Or something yeah, because like yeah, yeah, they beat Bournemouth, aren't they, in the first game back, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, RU's actually done quite well for them in the end. Um, but I looked at their signings and was like, everybody's old. This is an old squad. If they lose Zaha, then I think, yeah, I think they probably would have gone. I don't think Zaha's had like an incredible season or anything, but yeah, mm. I they're definitely on my radar for next season for sure. Yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on them because I think there's a bit of unrest between the fans as well. So yeah, so I feel good about that one as a, a team that is going to be in trouble this season. Um, I don't feel good about this one, Burnley with my other I one. I feel I feel guilt. I feel disgusted with myself. <laughs> Yeah. I really do because we just we just fell into it like all the pundits do. Oh, but it was barely not a very big club. Let's go for them. <laughs> yeah, I said they would probably stay up by six points again, but yeah. I thought they would. The signing's pretty uninspiring. Um, I mean, I mentioned Jay Rodriguez here; who's actually been brilliant for them. But you know, yeah, it was basically yes. Rodriguez and Eric Peters who is like just just Bobar basically, like just yeah, yeah. probably an average championship player but yeah. yeah good manager and solid enough so but yeah I'm I'm ashamed to have put them into that conversation um we each picked a surprise team could be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad and I think this is your round of applause moment here do you want to tell people who your surprise team was it was Watford to be bad yeah you I did not see this coming Watford who'd finished seventh the previous season and reached the FA Cup final and who boy were they bad? But yeah, you called it. You'd, you'd been on their forum, and the mood was. That's not how I got good. it. See, this is not all you know. In vain, me going on these forums. I didn't have a bet on it, which I should have. Uh, but yeah, they were uh, before the season started. They were all thinking they were going to struggle, and I, and I think I mentioned it to you, and you were quite surprised. I was really surprised. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, obviously, they just got to the cup final, finished seventh. But I think they ended that season fairly poorly. I still think they should have been nowhere near going down. To be honest. Yeah, we said last week, and if it just stuck with yeah. grass, grass here, I'm sure they'd have got enough points to stay up. But yeah, that was that was an absolute ten out of ten shout from you. That one, I had uh, Leicester to make the top six, which was also correct, although nowhere near as bold a take. I, I will, you know what? This is one of them things. I think everyone's like, well, yeah, of course Leicester are going to make the top six. They were not. They were like the no. seventh or eighth favourites, I think, for the Champions League last season. I think they were behind Wolves and obviously behind the uh, the usual favourites, Spurs and Arsenal and all that. So yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously for a while it looked like they were going to make the top four as well. But feel good about that one. Tick that one off. Um, yeah. First manager sacked. Well, not only were neither of these the first manager sacked, they didn't even get sacked. But... I know, it's incredible, isn't it? So I had Steve Bruce. I still feel fine about that one. Um, and you had Dean Smith. I, I feel like both of these are 
both clubs should move on from these managers as soon as possible, to be honest. Yeah, I was about to say, if they both sacked him now, I think they'll have a better season next year, put it that way. I think so as well. Um, the first sacked was presumably Grassier at Watford. Yeah, that's correct, yeah. yeah. Do you know only five clubs changed their manager this year? Watford yeah, I was about to say, I think I mentioned uh, in an earlier pod that if Villa had gone down, it would have been the first time ever in Premier League history that the three teams to go down didn't sack the manager. Wow. But Watford made Instead up for that. Watford, like, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, themselves, yeah so. Bournemouth obviously stuck with their manager. Yeah, it's interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah, the, I guess it's, it's mainly the teams at the top then, isn't it? Um, yeah. Spurs, Arsenal. Yeah, so few teams, aren't it? Spurs, Arsenal, Watford, uh, West Ham and... Everton changed their managers. Everton, of course. Did they? Oh, yeah, they were uh, the, the overrated man, Silva. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give, give his full name. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. Uh, will Villa do a Fulham? We both said no, but they almost did. Yeah, I, I mean, it's different because they did need... A, they, I do. I will stick up for Villa in this sense that they did need to buy players. They didn't have enough players in the squad. I don't think they uh, said wrong. Well, they had Tammy Abraham, didn't they, and all this. They had to buy Mings and all this sort of stuff. But, yeah, the signings weren't great, were they really, on the whole? I mean, I haven't watched all of Villa, but it seems like there's only that Trezeguet that's done anything, and that was right at the end. I mean, I'm only saying that because he scored some big goals near the end, but generally, when I have seen him, it's been Grealish and um, uh, McGinn and, and Mings to a lesser extent, I suppose. Mm. You know, I know they did actually sign McGinn this year, but obviously he played for them last year as well on loan. So, yeah, definitely not. Um, will anyone do a derby? We both said no. Norwich had a damn good go, you know. They had a, it, they had a crack, didn't they? Yeah. They really <laughs> did. They are the, I think, Carlton Blade on the S2 forum. Ah, oh, flipping it. Where is this? I should try and bring this up. He had a, a brilliant thing the other day, which is basically pooling together every Premier League team uh, down the years. Yeah. And Norwich are the fifth worst team in Premier League history. I think it's on, what was it, on points per game. Yeah, or maybe even worse, actually. 566 teams played in the Premier League since 1993. Um, On a points-per-game basis, Norwich Norwich are the 560th, so there have been six worse teams than them in Premier League history and only four lower scorers. That's bad. That's as close... I think that's as close as we're going to get to Derby for a long time. Yeah, I don't think anyone will be anywhere near as bad next season. I just don't. I, and this is the thing they we keep doing this, don't we? We were like, I feel like a lot of the season we were like, this is a Norwich. If Norwich finished bottom, they'll be the best team that's finished bottom for ages. And I think there becomes a, there has to become a distinction between team that has the most talented players that finish bottom and the actual worst team. If you like the the way that they played was really yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um, Predict our player of the season winner. This is this is a stinker. This is bad. This is where it all goes horribly wrong, isn't it? <laughs> go on. Who'd you go for? I actually, I, did I go for Jack? Did I go for Jack O'Connell? Didn't I? Yeah. He got a mention, but I don't think that's who you picked. Did I pick Callum Robinson? We both picked Callum Robinson. Maybe oh, we were, what an idiot! <laughs> maybe we were predicting West Brom's player of the season winner because he should be in the conversation oh. for that. Yeah, this yeah, this one yeah. went horribly wrong. Um, he, I mean, look, let's uh, let's try and work out why this happened. He had an incredible preseason. He looked yeah. super talented. He obviously had a very good. He'd been very good in the championship for Preston. Um, yeah, I I picked him because um, so my other one potential was Henderson, but I thought he was here last season 
and I feel like the the new boy factor would rate in quite highly. Yeah. I thought it'd be really popular with the fans because of his attitude. And I just thought if he can just get like um, if he can get ten goals, five assists, something like that, then that's a guaranteed player of the season winner. But obviously, he got one goal and maybe two assists, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it didn't go as we planned for sure. <laughs> it wasn't dreadful, I don't think, but. I think it was the right thing to send him on loan. I didn't see it coming that it would be that. I, I certainly didn't think he'd be on loan to West Brom <laughs> by January or whatever it was. I don't think I even thought it in January, to be honest. No, no, true. That is very true. I don't think none of us even thought of Basham, did we? No, for sure. Uh, Callum Robinson be in our squad next season? I think he will be, yeah. I think he's got to be just for numbers, to be honest. Yeah, I think it makes sense. We've already we've already spent money on him. I think he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's done a few good things. It just, we yeah. just kind of stopped using him. So. I, if we can get his money back from him, then I'd probably sell him, to be honest. But I don't think we will in the current climate. Yeah, and there's that, that bodies thing as well, isn't there, with uh, what we're down to. We're down to. Well, I guess we will have four strikers, I suppose. But presumably we want to try and replace some of Sharp and... Uh, yeah, Goldrick's minutes next season, or, or yeah, you know, Musa, if Musa can't play ninety minutes as he hasn't been able to. Um, mm-hmm. Which of our signings will have the biggest impact? We both picked Callum Robinson on a related thing. Yeah, yeah not so good. Uh, Billy Sharp, uh, will he score less than ten goals? Yes or no? Essentially, we both said yes, less than ten. Which I think we were, we were way optimistic as to how many goals we were going to score this season. I think. Yeah, ten, ten was a yeah. That's a that'd be an incredible return of a sharp. To be fair, it really would. Yeah. So I should I'll set the line lower next time. For that <laughs> one. Um, but this one I said uh, clean sheets over or under nine and a half. So keep less than ten or more than ten. You went under. I went over, and uh, yeah, we're pretty comfortable in the end. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that is a lot if you think about it. It is, yeah. I think it was what only us Liverpool and uh, sorry, only Liverpool and Burnley had more, maybe, maybe Man United. Leicester, maybe I don't know. Certainly, like the top five or six for yeah, clean sheets. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. Um, yeah, really good. Will Chris Basham score a goal? Yes or no? Unfortunately, we both said yes. Unfortunately, he didn't. I don't but, feel. But he's been the best player. So. He has been the best player. I don't feel like there was a. I mean, he almost scored at Spurs, I suppose, but it would be disallowed. Yeah. Arsenal in the cup. But obviously that's a, that's not a league game. Do you know when he had that diving header, we really should have scored. Oh, flipping heck, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, will we get more points than the last time we were in the Premier League, which was 38? <laughs> Both said yes. Just I, a bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we were, we, were, we were like just, weren't we? Um, yeah. And I think I said sort of early 40s, so we smashed that Where would 38 have made us finish this season? 15th? 38 would have been 17th. Oh, really? How many did Villa get? Uh, sorry, it would have been 16th, sorry. 16th, right. Yeah, one point shy of um, the next team up. Mm-hmm. Um, both Sheffield teams to combine for 100 points, yes or no. And for context, Wednesday got 64 the previous season. Mm-hmm. We both went with yes, uh, and we both had a guess at a number. Yeah. Uh, I guessed 109, you guessed 104. The final total was 110, I believe. Oh, he's battering, you're battering me. <laughs> yeah. we, Wednesday got 56, we got 54. Yeah, I think um, Yeah, I think we, we picked up the slack on that race to 100, didn't we? Sheffield yeah, United. I think we've underplayed uh, ourselves and overplayed Wednesday when we, when we went for that. Yeah, I check up my notes here. I said I think Wednesday will be right around that 60 to 64 point mark again. So yeah. it wasn't too far off. And I thought we'd be close to 40, but yeah, there's you. There's your 10-point swing. Um, and then last, but by no means least, this is probably my worst prediction of the lot, VAR. <laughs> will we love it or hate it? You very correctly said we would hate it. 
I said we will have learned to live with it and we won't be talking about it very much. That in, it, just, be, yeah. You want to do is say that and then put all the clips of you moaning about that <laughs> in a row throughout the season. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah, that, that didn't go well. I really thought we'd have a couple of months of like, this is weird, I hate it, I don't understand it. And then, um, you know, by like Christmas, everyone would just be like, oh, it's just, this is the game now. Like, you know, you check. Not the way we've implemented it. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's I, I, happen. I feel I've given too much credit to uh, to those in authorities, in authority, to be honest, in, in making that prediction. And I guess if there's one thing 2020 has taught me is that we should not be giving so much credence to people in authority. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, who are in charge of these systems. There we go. Political way to end it. Boom. Um, there we go. That was great. I really enjoyed going through the whole season there, and uh, yeah. yeah, what season as well? Yeah, what a season! Yeah, lots. So I mean, many... we've not. I bet there's loads of stuff we've not even mentioned as well. So. More than likely, do do drop us a tweet if you can't believe that we didn't mention X, Y, or Z. It's obviously uh, at Panchero for my good man Andrew there, and at Bladespod for myself. Um, right. Well, let's let's leave it there, mate. As a a mammoth one. I can't believe we did three-hour podcast during the lockdown, by the way. It must have been uh, during the the break in yeah. the season. Yeah, there's another one. So let's do a six-hour podcast in the Mickey <laughs> Adams era. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not do that. Um, <laughs> what you, You've published some good stuff since we last spoke on uh, on Roy'sViewFrom.com. What, what do people need to go and uh, go and find there? End of season awards is I've I always enjoy doing it. It takes me ages to be honest because I have to go through every single view from. But mm. uh, I, I'm always quite happy with the end result of it. And uh, that's at www.roysviewfrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter. And it's just the awards like Mardiest fans and best fans and most respectful and all this sort of stuff. So it's always good to to, uh, to see. And they don't really change. I mean, if Brentford come up next year, quite looking forward to them mm. in a way. <laughs> you see, I, I went down some rabbit holes actually through your website because you've generously uh, linked to previous uh, previous ones as well. This, I really enjoyed reliving the Spurs ones from the uh, yeah. the cup game we played with them a couple of years ago. Some yeah. incredible uh, terminology, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth reading just for the Spurs fans. Actually, just brilliant yeah. terms of phrase. Yeah, really, really good. Nice one, mate. Right, we've uh, we've yacked on for long enough, I think, but. A pleasure to revisit um, and, and relive, I suppose, some of the the best and worst moments from this season. And yeah, I'm pleased yeah. to say, pleased to say, far many best moments than uh, than worst moments for sure. So hopefully, we will have uh, a similar similar season next year and similar recap in uh, twelve months or so. Yeah, when this season will end. Hopefully, we'll end on time. Right. Okay. Um, next, as in next time we talk, I think yeah. we'll do player ratings next. I want to go through every man in the squad and uh, yeah. give us some give some thoughts on that so yeah watch uh watch out for that in uh in a week or so i suppose but um yeah let's uh let's wrap it up here then mate thanks as always for your for your time your, your honesty with the predictions and holding your hands <laughs> up and uh, all your your research and contribution as always and uh yeah really enjoyed it to be honest really enjoyed doing it Good stuff. Go He's and uh, sun as well. I've got like ginger roots, so you know it's not it's not the best time for me to be going outside at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, now that I've finished this recording, I can step out of my uh, greenhouse of a an office <laughs> that I'm currently in. You've seen. I feel a bit like. Um, Ace Ventura when nature calls when he's st- <laughs> yeah. stuck inside the rhino and the fan goes off. But there we go. That's the uh, that's the commitment to uh, recording this podcast. So I'm now going to go and sit outside and uh, enjoy a nice cool breeze. Hopefully, nice one. Let us leave it there. I will speak to you later, mate. Yeah. Cheers, bud. Thank you.